hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Oh, look at my hair. Look at her. She's crazy. Wee. She's like a silly little club girl. Oh my god, that's me. Wake up in the morning, feeling like P. Diddy. <laughs> what an obscure reference now. <laughs> what do you mean? Isn't that relevant? Hi, my name's Christine. How are you, Em? And I'm a victim of being a millennial. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say, and I'm a victim of Christine. Oh, like, yes. and I'm Em, a victim of whatever that's this correct. Sunday show is. Yes. <laughs> uh, how are you? Christine, are, are you feeling okay today? Um, no. Thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling like uh, trash. Yeah. Um, or as I've said through tears to blaze, Trizash so many times now that he's like not faced was it by in, it. Was it in tears of joy and laughter? No, because dear, that's deep pain, deep pain, deep seated pain. To um, be fair, I would have been in tears of laughter if you were hospitalized calling yourself Trizash. Yeah, to be fair, Blaze did not find it 
he did not laugh. He was more concerned because <laughs> I was not finding my own jokes funny. And I think that's when he gets really worried. Um, sure. Yeah. When you're not the only one laughing anymore and it's just silent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just silent in my house. There's no do you, laughter. Do you want to talk about what happened or you oh, want to keep it vague? Or Absolutely. What's... Let's fucking go, guys. I have an illness. You all know this already. It's called Crohn's disease. Some of you have it too. Um, and some of you found out you have it. Uh as the podcast has been going and have messaged me about it. It looks like M is frozen. Uh-oh. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh, there you are. You're back. I, no, I just tried to escape, actually, and I couldn't get away. That's all. <laughs> you tried so hard, though. I thought you made it. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. Um, anyway, so I had, for the first time ever, and by the way, here are the fun statistics that WebMD told me. Um, Within the first 10 years of being diagnosed with Crohn's disease, I think 60% of people have an intestinal blockage. Mm -hmm. I was diagnosed 10 years ago. This is my 10-year anniversary. I'm a little bit bummed out. Nobody has congratulated me. Um, but it's 10 years, so I really just made that statistic right right in the nick of time. Perfect. Um, yeah, and then <laughs> as I read on, I was like, cool, I'm a, I'm a statistic, finally. Um, then I was reading, and it was like, and of those 50%, 70 to 80% will require surgery to, to rectify this issue. And I'm like, uh-oh, that's not a good number if I'm already in the 50%, you know. So in any case, um, it thankfully seems to be resolving on its own. It's just basically exactly what it sounds like. And then your whole body goes haywire because it's an immune, autoimmune disease. And so it feels like you have the flu on top of a stomach bug, on top of like getting hit by a Mack truck. Mm. Um, so I wasn't super great for a few days, but... I'm back, baby, sort of, oh, and I'm back. <laughs> taking a lot of Tylenol and just drinking water. Triz which... Ash is back from the dump. <laughs> Triz Ash is classy as ever. Uh, I, You know what the worst part was is I had no appetite for three days, which is when I know like something <gasps> is deeply wrong. Like, I've I was, never experienced I, that. No, it was, hor- it was scary, uh, and I could not fathom the thought of eating. Um, and so I, at one point, took a sip of water, and I felt it, like, in my tummy, and it hurt so bad. It hurt? Even, like, what did so it feel like? Bad. It what did it feel like, like? Just, like, you know when you have, like, well, I was about to say, you know when you have an ulcer? Uh, well, it's Actually, yes. I, yes, I've had yeah. one. So you have an ulcer, and then you're just, like, pouring, like, cold water on it inside your tummy. It just feels like someone Burning? is stabbing you from the inside a little bit. Um Ugh. So it's not enjoyable. And, you know, every time I haven't had one of these before, this blockage thing, but anytime I do go into a flare, and this is my first one in like five years, every time I do go into a flare, I'm like, oh, yeah, this really fucking blows. Yeah. Like, I forget, <laughs> you know, I feel like it's with like childbirth and stuff where your body's like, let's not think about that, you know, and just like compartmentalizes it. So is it um, because like, well, so don't you do your infusions, though? Is it just like even with an infusion? I it... do. And and so that's the scary part is sometimes over the years and they say after a decade, oftentimes <sighs> yeah, it starts know, yeah. to lose Ugh. efficacy. And so I already had that kind of nerve in the back of my mind. And then I went to my infusion a couple of weeks ago. And I'm only like halfway through infusion, so I should be fine. But I went and they did like a their regular blood draw and my inflammation markers were high. And mm. I was like, hopefully that's just a fluke. Well, it does not seem to be a fluke. So, 
you know what? This might be an interesting rest of the year for all of us. We'll see. Well, finally, (laughs) in a a very sad way, I finally have a partner in this stupid medical world. This health bullshit that we talk about nonstop. It's it's very rare we hear you talk about the pain you're in. So Mm. this is an exclusive as far as I'm concerned. Oh, welcome, everybody. I'm so sorry. To my side of the table. I'm so sorry you're dealing with that, though. Well, you I... know, I just, I just want to give a quick shout. Thank you. I appreciate that. You and everybody else have been so kind and um, supportive and um, so patient when I just canceled our recording and et cetera. Um, but I want to give a shout out to Blaze because I was gone for four days traveling to New York and Boston and living my best life solo, doing Beach Tea Sandy shows, having the time of my life. And he was solo parenting that whole time. Then I came home and I was like, I actually need to be unconscious for 21 hours straight. So <laughs> I just like, slept. And then the next two days I was like, I can't move my body because I'm tris- I feel like Trizash, you know. <laughs> and so he was Sorry, like, it's no not problem. <laughs> it's a little funny. He's like, no problem. No problemo. You get your rest. We'll take you to the hospital, whatever we need to do. Um, and he just, you know, did the solo parent thing and... You know, it's not, it's, even if I were in that case, I think he would be very thankful for me. So I want to throw it back at him. He's a Aww. very good parent and a very responsible and, um, uh, I don't know. I'm just thankful because otherwise I don't know what the hell I would have done. He's a good man. He's he a is. good man, yeah, Christine. He is. He's a good one. Um, so I feel very fortunate that I didn't have to worry about the well-being of my child while I ailed away. I, you know. Honestly, don't know what you would have done without him. That, I don't know. No, how you I don't. Could have... I would have probably called my mom and just been like, I'm moving in with you, I think. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Zandy, time to be uncle Help. of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take oh, her man. to the park. I don't well, know. I, didn't, I hope I didn't mean to like force you to talk about that on the no, air or anything. No, but... we know it would have come up because I can't keep my mouth shut about anything. I... So, Well, are you treating yourself to anything to help your situation any any yummy treats recently now that you can't eat again i've been cricketing a lot with my cricket maker my cricket machine you're back on your bullshit christine bullshit which is why when we started you saw me running around i couldn't find the adapter my dongle to plug in my microphone Mm -hmm. because um i had been using the dongle for the uh cricket yeah unsurprising it just (laughs) just Also, is it on the back on the table behind you? Do you have a bunch of art stuff going on? Because it so looked a little busy over there. That's actually my new hobby. Um, I'm doing Ugh. nails now. Oh, Christine! Yeah, nails by Christine. These have been on for nine days, which is a record, and they're like fake nails. Wow! Like, uh, oh, and I, I made. They a look very shishi. Thank you. I'm trying to move them fast so you don't see all the flaws. But oh, okay. Wait, can I show you the shirt I made for the Fall Out Boy concert? Hold yeah, on. obviously. Just the back I've made. The front isn't done yet. Hold on. Let me grab it. I'm so excited. Okay, here's the back, right? Okay. First of all, I'm so sorry if you can hear banging. That's my maintenance man doing something to my <laughs> fucking ears, apparently. That's Juan. Hang on. Let me wait for it to pause so I can read it to everybody. Okay. Nope. Okay. It says part-time soulmate, full-time problem. And in case you were not um, lucky enough to see this with your own eyes on YouTube, <laughs> um, that's incredible. Congratulations. Thank you. I designed it-, it too. Like I went and I learned how to make font that like you keep in a shape, but then make it wavy. And so I learned what how to What is the do font, that. Christine? Oh, great question. It's called Surfwave. 
it actually looks very cool. Thank I you. I could and see that. That's an easy Etsy purchase. And then the f- yeah, you know, I was looking at shirts on Etsy and I was like, wait, I can just make that instead of paying yeah. like thirty five dollars. Also, here's the front. I haven't finished what's going underneath it, but this is the name of the song. Hold me in. like a grudge. Yeah, Christine, Isn't that the best. It actually <laughs> is very cute. I'm not Thank saying you. you need another side hustle, but that could I actually. I was literally thinking nails, cricket. What can't I do? Just kidding. I can do. I can't do a can lot. Can you of imagine things. a little nail pop up that you did and let people come and get their nails done by oh, you, and they could just tell you ghost so stories while you bad. did it? It would be so bad. The sure okay. thing I could at least do over and over until I figured it out. The nails, I think uh, people would leave feeling a little bit like duped. You know, I do. Th- I do think you have it in you to be able to have that side hustle on Etsy or Redbubble or whatever. But I have to be honest. I have already been a part of your journey of having to mail out individual shirts oh, multiple yeah. times. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, wait, it, well, how can I forget? Like, we literally... it did drive you insane. <laughs> oh, yeah, it did drive me thoroughly insane. Um, that's true. But that you could a... do it again. You could... <laughs> but uh, this time would be different. Okay. You were... How would that be? I didn't think you would ask me how. I just thought you would take my word for it. <laughs> Okay. Um, I disagree. But I think if you decided you wanted to do that, I would say I'm looking forward to that for you. Love that journey. I can't wait to see in about a few weeks when you give up because it is a little bit. When I'm done. But that's what we do. We're Geminis. We get really excited about something and then we go, eh. You know what would be interesting, though? You could probably make, think of, like, for Patreon or something, like, the merch. If you, remember when I had oh, handmade yeah. merch and people, like, lost their minds? Imagine if you handmade merch. Okay, now, so now we're this talking. This is your time to shine there. Okay, so basically what you're saying is I would be doing the all the same work, mm-hmm. but it would just be for more. many more people. Got and it. more work because you'd be doing my half too. So right, your half too, and I wouldn't be making additional income because it would already be part of the Patreon. You know what? I'm in. That sounds. You know, <laughs> sometimes our most chaotic decisions end up leading us to great things, especially so, when we say them on air and can't take them back. So you know, <laughs> that definitely is um, a winning financial plan. I don't I... see any 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 holes wait what if i i want to make patreon something i'll make patreon something i mean oh god christine i don't know i'll try i'll try uh, i'll try what about what else can you do besides shirts little stickers can you make like nail can you make nail designs nail stickers wait that's cute i don't know how to do that but i can i know by 3 a.m you'll know how to do it i'm sure (laughs) okay fair but i will have had to invest probably two more two grand more in materials and supplies so at this point we're just like losing so much money (laughs) that's the other thing i buy so much shit for my hobbies and then i'm like i'll make a side hustle and then i just spend you all know, the money <laughs> okay how many how many companies uh, how many podcasts alone do you know that have made it six years very successful having a good time people still like to hear what we have to say somehow and sometimes it's because you just got to make an irresponsible choice the whole you know podcast what? was an irresponsible that's choice. exactly right we're built on irresponsible choices the show people is built. like they keep wanting to see the downfall, but we keep proving them wrong, you know? Is that a fallout boy lyric? Could it be? I think you should put beautiful. it on a shirt. Holy shit. I'm gonna put actually do you have uh like two hours? I have to go put that on a shirt now. <laughs> okay, but make eighty of them and then sell them and let me have fifty percent of the, the this income. This podcast is built on irresponsible decisions. I can't wait. We gotta find a snappy way to put that on a shirt. Put it in on a dumpster fire or something. Oh wait, that's cute. 
Make Kesha say it or whatever you were That's singing it. earlier. <laughs> Make P. Diddy say it. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm sorry. I've been talking a lot today. Finally. Um, Finally, it's your turn. Uh, well, I'm a little nervous today because, as I said, my maintenance man has decided that now is the hour to just throw his hammer into every inch of my oh, ceiling. Cool. So there may be moments today, which we can edit out later. Um, thank you, Jack, in advance. But, mm-hmm. well, if you see me mute, let's just, like, kind of chill. Let's just have, like, a moment until my he's done hammering. My um, about... Uh our relationship with jack and um incidentally eva because obviously is that we promised jack beer for the episode that just came out and um then we just promptly forgot because we said it on air and then eva was suddenly responsible for it and was like oh, wait eva. you guys promised him beer and we were like oh yeah can you send him some beer <laughs> like what is wrong like, with us there's like, truly... we want to do it we just, our brains just are a sieve you know just sand <laughs> through my fingers it's like i would want to fingers. Jack is that a the... fallout boy lyric yeah <laughs> Yeah, so is this. Shirt. So is this. I want to give Jack the world, but sometimes I forget what I said. So, you know, <laughs> Eva, thank you for reminding us always and for keeping us. What? What's the word? Honest? Yeah, that's the word. Responsible? Anything. Those words know. are hard for me to conjure up. To even say. Reasons. <laughs> well, so I don't know what this guy's situation is, the maintenance man today. The, someone upstairs. It sounds like it needs an entirely new apartment. So, um, oh, maybe they're expanding into yours. <laughs> maybe like, it sounds maybe. like they are just drilling a hole into yeah, my ceiling. Yeah, maybe they're creating a basement for themselves in your apartment. So people can't see it, but right behind my computer is a wall, and I think that wall must have a bunch of pipes or something because <sighs> he's banging what I imagine is the pipes up there, and it's it feels like, it's like he's literally. Into- <laughs> it sounds like he's just knocking into the wall. So. Anyway, uh, apologies in advance, but that's why I drink because I feel like this is going to be a real clumsy episode for no good reason. So, Fine. and no one's even going to no one's even going to have to hear how choppy it is because they're going to hear the edited version. But... Can we just blame me though? Because as you said before, we started recording. If I need to run to the bathroom, which um, if if never before, now is the most likely time for this to occur. Because <laughs> uh, in the past, M would say that to me because I'd be having like tummy ache, and M would be like oh you can leave anytime you want and i'm like oh thanks i won't though it's fine this time i'm like i might though so i appreciate the leniency you have um, i'm really hoping jonathan the maintenance man and you perfectly sync up your situations nice? where you're running to the bathroom and that's when he decides to I say it's go time yeah yeah exactly so okay i'll text him okay cool thank you um until then christine yes i've just got a story for you Whee! Oh, I'm so excited for today. I feel like we haven't recorded in a while, and I, I really am aching for a ghost story. And... I kind of... Yes, sorry. I did not mean to interrupt you. I don't no, know what's no, wrong with No, no, go ahead. Me. I was going to say, I'm all... it was me jumping in, because I'm also incredibly excited to hang out with you. And I feel like there's... <laughs> I feel like this is um, to your detriment, because <laughs> I I think we vibe the best when you're on tour with Zandy, because then we, when we see each other, it's so few and far between it's that we... So... Yeah, we're having other experiences because it mm-hmm. means you and I are off tour, which means you're planning stuff. So you know, I'm having with... a, I'm having a great time. I'm, I'm falling not on tour. into disrepair. My body's falling apart, and then when we get <laughs> back together, it's like we're thriving. You know what I mean? I honestly though, like that might be it. I don't know what it is, but my when mental I hear... illness is at an all-time high. In case anyone's wondering, I've just like off the wall lost it, but it's okay. 
I'm not saying you wouldn't make a million dollars from a shirt that says my mental illness is at an all time high, but <laughs> you should I think make that one would just be to copyrighted because I'm th- I'm almost positive that's a Fall Out Boy lyric. Like, there's no way it's not. <laughs> I so. feel like anything moody but anything true that you say, emo. yeah, is <laughs> is <laughs> Fall Out Boy. The angst is real. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listening can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, B-U-R-R-O-W.com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink. So here's the situation today. I've got for you a a spooky town, a ghost town, if you will. And uh, this is the story of Dudley Town, Connecticut. Oh my, I've never heard of that. Have you okay? Interesting because as the ghost side of things, I have heard about it a lot, but I don't, I don't think anyone else would know about it, or even people who. And I would say I, I I'm, a, I'm sort of the Connecticut side because I go there pretty often, several times a year. So you know. Well, now you got a place to talk mm-hmm. to Blaze about all the way there. Maybe he <laughs> knows. I, I'll be, I'll be very mad if he knows and he's never mentioned it. I don't. Think I'm. That- that's it would case, but. it would make me giddy uh, to see <laughs> a silly little fight like that sprout between the two of you. Just something you about know nothing. the trash would get thrown out again. The word, <laughs> the word, not the literal trash wouldn't get thrown out. It doesn't matter. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You're good. So Dudley Town, Connecticut. I've heard of a lot. I don't know. I don't expect anyone else to have. But 
Um, it is a very, very small village in an area of Connecticut called Cornwall. Mm. Um, and anyone in Dudley Town, at the back, up back in the Dizay, since we're going with this weird sure, way sure, of talking sure. again, uh, anyone in Dudley Town regularly had to still go into Cornwall because their town was so small. So just okay. to give you an idea of, of like the population was, I think, max 26 families. Oh, wow. Max. Tiny. Um, they didn't have schools or stores. They didn't have their own cemetery. They didn't have their own church. So Losers. I know. Lame. So they <laughs> they had to rely heavily on Cornwall, but Dudley Town itself is the little section that's spooky. Um, you can still, if you were to go there, uh, there is some remnants of the old foundations of the house, but nature has slowly kind of taken the, reclaimed the space, if you will. Mm. And Dudley Town is between Bald Mountain and Woodbury Mountain. And this is my favorite fact about Dudley Town because you know I'm probably part vampire and that I am like just always uh, anti sun, anti. You're not anti garlic though. No, no, see, I said half vampire. You're right. That is all garlic, no sun. You know what I'm saying? That's from your other side of the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All (laughs) garlic, no sun. Tell Fallout Boy to write that Wait one down. Wait a second. That is also something I can vibe with. Finally, we found a matching slogan we can both get on board with. <laughs> so um, uh, Dudley Town, one of my favorite fun facts, is that because it's between two mountains, I think it's actually surrounded by three mountains, but it's a very hilly area in some like thick forest. And so it's 100% all the time dark. Like even at like high noon, it is huh? dark. And you know I love gloom and doom, and I Wait love... Wait a second. So it's, like, just shaded always? Always. Oh, no. That sounds horrible. Uh, to me, no. To my doctor, who's already told me I'm severely vitamin D deficient, yes. Yeah, bo- um, boo, you gotta, you gotta... Listen, I'm also vitamin D deficient, but... You can take a pill for that. It doesn't matter. But I do take a pill for that. Right? But so <laughs> do I. But seasonal affective disorder, man, that kicks my ass every I've year. never had that. I'm very oh, lucky. It, oh, it hurts me. So I could never live in like a place like Seattle or Dudley Town. Oh, really? Because Seattle's like the only city that it's I haven't lived town. in that I wish I lived in. I, yeah. I really can see it for you. I would only visit between certain months because I think I would just get sad. But then guess what? Just like when you're on tour right now. You'd be gone, and we would ha- we would get to refall in love great, with each other again. Great point. Great point. Anyway, apparently this um, little thicket hillside area is the equivalent of Seattle to some. Um, okay. so- to me only. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very dark all the time. It has been, and I th- I'm sure that you know contributes to it being seen as very spooky. Right. It's been called the. This is a quote: the most evil location in the world. The okay. most haunted place in New England, and one of the scariest places in the U.S. It's also been called the Village of the Damned. Oh, <laughs> this is very dramatic. I feel like. Which, like, speaking of emo bands, was there not a band called Village of the Damned, or should Fucking there have been? Great, something it has got to be something like that. Let me look it up. Because you know, like, their fans would be called the Villagers. Um, oh. that's definitely a movie, a uh, horror sci-fi film. Um, There's also a horror movie just called The Village, which sucked. 
Oh, I know about that one. I've heard about The Village. My mom dragged me to that one of all movies. She thought it was going to be about a lovely little village, and then it ended up being people getting <laughs> slaughtered. About like a little Swedish village. That's what I thought Midsummer was going to be, and then I shut up and was like, this is so upsetting. Um, my mom, when I was when I lived with her back in my teenage years, my mom, I don't know what her deal was, but she had this reputation across the family that she was just the worst movie picker, worst TV picker. She would always say, we have to go see this one. We have to watch this one. It'd be great. And then it was just the fucking worst, most boring thing in the world. Or it would be really crazy that she was not expecting. So none of us were expecting it. (laughs) She just didn't do her research. Example, whatever. I don't remember what age I was. I had to have been like 15-ish. Uh, my mom was like, oh, I know like vampires are a big thing right now. So oh, you should we I just heard about this new show called True Blood. We should all watch it together. And the first episode is like all these vampires anger banging. Like, Isn't it sex? Like I was going to say, like, I remember so- my friends being like, just don't watch it when your parents are around. Oh, well, all I did was watch it with my parents around, apparently. Cool. And my mom <laughs> refused to turn it down, like turn the volume down, the channel off. None of it. She was, she was like, like, what are you talking about? This is my favorite movie. Um, my favorite show. <laughs> it was a it was a really good memory for all of us in the, in terms of like awkward laughing. Stories. Right. It's just, it's just there goes mom again. <laughs> but, oh, silly, silly Linda. Anyway, she also picked the village and it was like someone with like a like a pig face mask killing everybody. It was awful. Oh, no. How did we get here? Oh, Village of the Damned. Okay, so that's what Dudley Town has been called. And it's because Dudley Town is said to have a weirdly high amount of deaths and people losing their minds. Well, yeah, there's no vitamin D. You see, you're already picking up on the skeptic side of things, (laughs) Mrs. Blaze. Um, So... There is also a weirdly high amount, a weirdly high amount, apparently, of drownings, tuberculosis, and animal attacks that other villages don't seem to have, and not even the rest of Cornwall, Connecticut itself. Okay, that's very odd. The town was said to, like I said, drive people mad, or they would eventually die. Citizens were quote mysteriously killed, drowned, burned, clawed, poisoned, suffocated, bludgeoned, every vile and violent kind of death imaginable. What the. F- bludgeoned bludgeoned's crazy that's crazy that one's wild clawed clawed i didn't even catch clawed hmm i don't know which of those would you prefer none of them (laughs) what a fun sleepover game (laughs) but it is what the game we would play yeah it is the most emma christine game ever but also probably the worst so uh uh, as you were saying a few reasons why this might have actually happened because so that's the I tried to pull from a few sources, but the the rumors have really gone rampant on these deaths because the actual documented deaths all have like seemingly reasonable explanations. Right. But the rumor of this town is if you go, you'll be cursed forever, your family's going to die, you'll die. If you try to leave after you've already moved there, you'll die. Like it's but also everyone dies, right? So <laughs> <laughs> that um, is what I've heard. That's the that's the big rumor we were all trying street. to debunk. <laughs> so uh another big reason why people end up leaving, because it's a ghost town now, right? So and it's not because everyone died, it's because a lot of people just evacuated, just like jump ship. Right. And realistically, it could be because the rumors were messing with people's day-to-day lives. But 
also they were in the middle of like a 24 7 dark hillside and they were farmers like they didn't i was about to ask well what were their jobs because if it was anything to do with agriculture i'm sure they weren't thrilled with the outcome yeah people the soil degraded very quickly their winters were incredibly harsh they didn't have any crops that would survive their livestock would go missing in the hills um so very quickly it became a ghost town oh no many people think that the soil can't possibly be enough reason for why this town becomes abandoned so they think the town has to have been cursed all along which honestly if i lived in a town with like maximum 26 families back in like the 1700s you gotta make up stories to keep yourself interested you know keep right yourself entertained. especially if it's dark like you can't go play hoop and stick you know you know you <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth that's what i thought <laughs> so uh they thought the town has to be cursed and there are now because it's been like what's from the 1700s that's three centuries going on more than three centuries there's a, a lot of time for versions to spread and you know there to be a bunch of different twists to whatever origin you've heard but sure. there are some major beats um which we'll go with today which is that starting in 1738 Dudley Town was settled by a farmer named Thomas Griffiths, and he owned at least half the land um, originally. And fun fact, he thought about actually naming the town Owlsbury. Wait, I like that. Because it was always so dark, so it was the perfect area oh, for all oh. these owls every night and day. He's like, nothing spooky about this. I'll move <laughs> in and call it my own. Exactly. I don't know why they didn't keep Owlsbury, but he didn't actually ever really name it. And then not even 10 years later, the first Dudleys arrived. And I guess just by having so many Dudleys in the area, they kind of claimed the territory themselves. I know. So the Dudleys arrive. They all have um, some very interesting names. Um, I actually, I think one is Barzillai. What? a, and then one's a Beale, Martin, Gideon. Those are less as wild as Martin's. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine going? I think that you're saying, am I saying, I know I, I like am notorious for mispronouncing things, but after Googling it, I got Barzillai. Uh, listen, I've never heard anything even remotely similar, so I'm going to trust okay. you on that one. So these are three to five different men with the Dudley name. They were allegedly all brothers. Some other sources say cousins. A lot of sources also say there was only three of them instead of five of them. So I don't know at all what the right version right. is. But a slew of Dudley men show up. Let's just say that. Um, a, a, a murder of Dudleys. What's like another? What's the one with D? A, can I a actually? A dirge of Dudleys. Can I ruin something for you right now? Yeah. Okay, hang on. Oh gosh, where's I'm going? <laughs> oh no. Okay. I was okay. What's just because happening? we're talking about it. Um, so I got you a present. And <gasps> ironically, I got it while on my anniversary with Halson. Um <laughs> and that's not ironic. That's how it should be. So I'm if you have this book already, I'll keep it for myself. But since we're on this conversation, I got you a book. And it's called A Conspiracy of Ravens. <gasps> do you know what this I is? I don't have that book. Do you know what it is? No, but it's so... Do I know what it is? Is it's, this a collection of stories or something? Or well, a, a short stories? 
very short stories. Um, as in like half a sentence, maybe a phrase. Wait, really? Um, I know you love birds. I do. And so this is. It goes. It tells you every book and what, or every bird and what their group (gasps) name is called. Oh no, I've never heard of this. Just kidding. Oh my gosh, this is so. That is way more fun than what I. I thought it was gonna be some Edgar Allan Poe shit. This is way more fun. Um, so you know there's a murder, murder of, crows. of crows, right? There is an asylum of cuckoos. No, of oh, cuckoos, like cuckoo, cuckoos. like your cuckoo. And a curfew of curlews. I mean... Did you know that? No, I had no idea about either one of those. Um, and there's a, a paddling of ducks. Wait, you got me this and I just started talking about a dirge of Dudley's? Uh, is that yeah there's by the way uh, a confusion of guinea fowl did you know that they're called a confusion <laughs> that's what we're called too that is what we're called anyway i just shout out to this book by the way but em, um, i'm gonna put that like directly behind me while we record just in case <laughs> i need you. to grab it and find out what bird anyway collection. i literally got it like not even a week ago and i like <gasps> have been trying to figure out if i'm gonna send it to you or wait until i saw you again ah, but, i love um, it but anyway, you had an asylum of loons. Uh, oh no, sorry, an asylum of loons and a mischief of magpies. Oh, but why you know are, what's so they have, they have so crazy funny because magpies do cause mischief. They like shiny things, so they take shiny things. And you know what I learned too, because we were just at a pride bar. Is the reason that flamingos are notoriously gay? One of the reasons is because as a group, they're called a flamboyance. Yes, precisely. And the reason that loon probably because it's like you're a loon, you're loon, mm-hmm. you're loony. And mm-hmm. then that makes sense with the other one. What was the other one? Um, cuckoos, the an asylum of cuckoos or something. Yeah, something like that. Wow, that's cool. Anyway, for Dudleys, I guess we can pick. Um, it's a dirge of Dudleys. <laughs> a dirge of Dudleys. Okay. Because it sounds um, dark and menacing, you know. Yes, for sure. What would what would you be called? Of of a, a, a um, village of Fall Out Boy fans or something? <laughs> a village of one. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. I think you would be an empire of M's. That's the truth. Yeah, I think I'd be yeah. the Christine Chapel, and that's it population you my friend i didn't get it i didn't get the assignment (laughs) (laughs) so um anyway a dirge of dudley's come into owlsbury sure okay nice try i tried um i meant to the dudley's nice try dudley's trying to take over owlsburg they do it pretty good because it's never called owlsbury ever again so until now until this very moment the dudley's uh they show up and apparently they bring this curse to town. So not oh, only are they invading the space, but they did it knowing what they were going to do. So Great. here is the curse that they brought to the town. These Dudleys. Look at you. You are extra beautiful I'm with the so light hitting sorry. you like this that. This light, it, like it, when I put it over there, it makes the microphone a big shadow on my face. So I'm trying to find like where to, I mean, you'd think I would know how to do this. After seven years of podcasting, I don't I like. No, I can't figure my shit out. Again, we've been doing this for six years, and people have been waiting for the downfall this entire time. So <laughs> yeah, they're like any day now. And they're like, eventually you'll learn. Eventually you'll learn how to fucking light your face. But... I can't promise that, everybody. Sorry. No. Okay, we'll tr- we'll we'll go with that for now. You look great. Thank you, Em. Look at you. Look at that jawline. Ow, ow. We get little cheekies. Those. Are- Nice. Good good face all around. 10 out of Thanks. 10. Thanks. 
thinks is very ill. <laughs> okay, I wasn't like sheen mentioning of sweat. the tummy. The tummy is <laughs> zero out of ten. <laughs> that is correct. Yes. Um, okay, so where were we? The Dudleys just bust down the Fuck door. Him. They say, "I'm here." What's Taylor say? I'm the problem. It's me. Oh, that's the other shirt I made, but I didn't make it in time for the concert. But it says, Aww. it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. But, you know, everyone had that. Oh, my favorite shirt was, it's me. Hi, I'm the dad. It's me. When, like, teenagers went with their dads. It was so cute. That's actually really precious. I know. <laughs> um, so they show up and they bring this curse and it comes from their ancestors. And it starts all the way in 1510 in England. It starts allegedly with Edmund Dudley. Mm. And he tried to help overthrow King Henry the Eighth, King Henry the Seventh. What are the letters? V's and I's, man. And uh, eventually, because they found out he was trying to overthrow the king, he was beheaded, <gasps> and his family was cursed right before his death. Of I hope oh. your family suffers something. Blah, blah, blah. I didn't get the right words. I had never even saw the words, <laughs> but he was cursed. Trust me. Um. And so then his son, after he's been cursed, his son, John, also tries to take over the throne. Oh, boy. Crazy dude. Um, And he tries to do this by getting his son, Guilford, which, like, this isn't just a random dude named John, by the way. He's, like, an actual duke. Um, And, like, his son, Guilford, is a lord. So... Just to keep in mind, it's not like some Joe Schmoes, like, I'm going like to overthrow villagers. the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's not it. like a J6 situation. So, um, <laughs> they. J6 situation. January 6th. Oh, J- <laughs> it's I'm not like, just some random Joe Schmoes thinking they're going to take li- down the White House. I literally thought J6 was like a, a boy band or something. I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. It's not like a Dream Street thing. No, that's J. J14 right? is the magazine. The tiger, oh, maybe like, that's the where tiger my brain kinda... went. I thought it was like some boy band. <clears throat> anyway, I get it. Uh, it's the insurrection. Okay, cool. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Isn't that it's funny? Hilarious. Did we find yeah. a way to make a joke of that yet? No? Yeah, okay. always. Too soon. So, uh, so Edmund, he gets beheaded. He gets cursed. His son, John, tries to also take over the throne by getting his son, Guilford, to marry Lady Jane Grey, who I feel like she's, this is like the second time we've ever talked about her, Yes, right? you talked about her in Tower of London episode quite a lot. Man, I'm, I hear little footsteps. Is it Lady Jane Grey herself? Or no, is it, it was Alison. Jonathan. <laughs> no, they were a little too dainty. Um, <laughs> Jonathan's a bit of a, oh, a yeah, Jonathan, barrel walker. Literally, the walls are shaking because he's throwing his hammer around. He really, he does. He's very, is a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> um, so he tries to marry Lady Jane Grey because she was next in line for the crown. So right. for a moment, this plan actually worked where John got Guilford to marry Lady Jane Grey. She becomes queen. And they thought they figured it out, but then it gets all, the whole plant gets found out. And so they end up getting executed, both of the Dudleys. So John and his son Guilford and Lady Jane Grey. Got, oh shit. But isn't that why anybody got married then for like to Please, status? I know. I, I don't, don't understand, understand what the plan was. Like, obviously they got married so that he could, whatever. Okay. Like no one's marrying the queen by accident. Because like, like I fell in love with her and then she took off her helmet and I realized she was the queen. You know, was like, what are you talking <laughs> right. about? That's Of course that's why they got married. She actually, she started at the top of the stairs wearing glasses with her hair up. But yeah, then she exactly. took her hair down and took the glasses <laughs> off and everyone realized she was the queen and also the prom queen. But then 
she tripped at the bottom of the stairs because she's so she relatable. She has to. Yeah. yeah it, well, we're all her a little bit, aren't we? Well, we want to be anyway. So because of this, all three of them ended up being executed. So now that's Edmund being executed, his, his son John, and his son Guilford all being executed. Mm-hmm. But also for like all do, doing a crime, apparently. like trying Yeah, to, like, apparently they knew that this was a risk they were taking, you know? But apparently they're cursed. I feel like sure. uh, immediately we're dealing with privileged white men who are like, oh, it's not my it fault. It must be a you know? curse. <laughs> <laughs> I always say that when something's going wrong. I'm like, oh, it's that curse, you know, <laughs> not my bad decision. It's not the foundation upon which I built this podcast and my life. All yeah, those irresponsible yeah. choices. It's just <laughs> the curse. I'm sure there's a lot of people currently in prison today who are like, oh, mm-hmm. what's the curse? You know, I don't blame them. So John's other son, not Guilford, who is the third generation to be beheaded, um, but a different son, he returns from fighting in a war in France and he ends up, uh, you would think he's like in the clear because he's like actually not doing anything. Well, he shows up. He's like, where the heck did everyone go? Oh, they all got <laughs> beheaded. Exactly. Oh, no. But so he comes home uh, from the war and he uh, brings home like the plague. He's like apparently like one of the patient zero or something Oh no because somehow he is attached to the storyline that british soldiers are wiped out in droves from the plague um so somehow that's his fault that does feel a little bit like a curse it does um so he's died now john has a third son so there's guilford who got beheaded third generation there's homeboy who wiped out all Mm. of a nation with the plague i guess see and then there's a third son robert who left england and his descendants ended up in Connecticut, which is how we get to Dudley Town. Okay. So the third son, William, um, his descendants end up in Connecticut. And these are those like four, three, four, or five like brothers who all showed up maybe uh-huh. all at one time or at different times, and they all essentially established Dudley Town. The dirge of Dudleys. The dirge of Dudleys, exactly. Who come bearing a curse. You get it, yeah. yeah. I get it. I'm following for sure. So there are already some issues with this story because records show that William's descendants moved to Italy, not the U.S. So if a a dirge of Dudleys did show up, then maybe it's just a random other Dudley family. But then they wouldn't have the curse, right? So yeah, I would think not. Also, different some other random curse, but the odds of that seem a little silly. Also, different stories mention that. There, like I said, there were three to five brothers. Some of them were cousins. Some of them came first. Some of them came later. There's like no official story on how they all showed up there. So we don't really know the right number, the right origin, any of that. Okay. At any rate, they all show up in Dudley Town. This village has um, a up to 26 families at one time. It was still dependent on Cornwall, but it was used as farmlands for flax, wheat, and corn. So not even like interesting things, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> hey, now watch it. I don't know. I what live the in Ohio. Thing would... What do you think we do over here? I don't know what I Actually, would consider we do soy. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what I would consider interesting. Uh, I don't know what I want them to grow, Eggplants? but not flax. Not in a gross way, just like I don't know, a random way. Yeah, eggplants would be cool, right? like purple carrots or something, something Ooh. fun. Yeah, be different, you know? I'm growing tomatoes right now, and they're pretty fun because you can just pop them off and eat them. You don't need to, like, shuck them. You don't need I to love turn it. them into something. I love it. I love a tomato. Yeah. Um, so the area was very, was never, oh, sorry, it was never a good area for farming. It was dark. The soil was never good. The winters were rough. But the town did have iron ore, which they um, 
used they had iron ore and they had timber and those were used in nearby areas but then those places just got lumber and iron ore from other places so they ended up not needing dudley town oh so they only were successful for like a second womp womp. then the town again just started having oddly high numbers of death and people who apparently are going quote insane or just vanishing out of nowhere and the only dudley to live his whole life in dudley town because there was all those brothers was just one his name was abiel and he lost his entire fortune he apparently did go a little loony and he couldn't pay his debts he lost his property he became a ward of the state at 90 oh but also in my mind like if you're 90 in the 1700s oh, you're doing pretty fucking good if you're 90 now i'm like good for you you know like that's yeah that's pretty you're doing it doing it right exactly and also like here's an argument like maybe he wasn't losing his mind maybe he was fucking 90 and like just I kind mean, of really started losing it you know don't test my fucking uh rationale at 90 because i promise you at 30 it's not gonna be at 30 <laughs> don't test it now that's a great point forget it <laughs> don't ever test it so um after he moved out of his house there was a guy named nathaniel carter who moved into the house and the curse seemed to follow him because i guess it was like because he was just so he lived in a dudley's house in dudley town oh no so nathaniel carter um came home one day this was years after living there but he came home one day and his wife and kid were murdered <gasps> and his other three children were kidnapped oh my god what his house burned down, and eventually he was also murdered. What? Do we know by whom? So it sounds like he was in, like, a, like right in the middle of some, like, indigenous territory. And I don't oh. know the history, but it sounds like there was um, some hostility Tensions between. Tensions were high, yeah. For Tensions sure. were high. Yeah. Um, so just by living in a Dudley house... He ended up the curse kind of, I guess, transferred to him. They say, They're like, we stole all this land. It must be a curse that somebody is exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you're saying it. Yeah. I was like, um, I don't it's know if you're cursed like, or you're a colonizer and you, and karma is my boyfriend. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. <laughs> oh, so, no. anyway, his house was burned down. I mean, I don't, I'm not like happy that someone's wife and children were murdered, but there's nothing good about it at all. You can't expect to like live on like in an area that's, it's just like not necessarily a curse more just like that's probably a a risk that was going to. Not trying to fully like victim blame here, but you did put yourself kind of in that. In a very dangerous situation. Yeah. So in 1792, there was a resident of Dudley Town named Gershon Hollister. Um, I really wanted him to be like the Mr. Hollister of mall fame. But What's that? No. Oh, oh, of mall fame. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted him I, to be I'm the reason on, I smelled like Jake Cologne for seven years. But... <laughs> I was so intimidated about going into the... And somebody recently commented on one of my photos like, oh, is that top from Hollister? And I was like, no, it was like an old photo. And I was like... No, it was from Gap. I was too scared to go into a Hollister. Like, I still oh, have never been in one. I was a Hollister teenager. I know you were, and I, I would have been so afraid of you. Um, <laughs> can you imagine, though, finding out? If if I were little and you were going to Hollister and I found out that the owner, creator of Hollister's first name was Gershon, I'd be like, did you know that the guy who created your shirt is called Gershon? That would be me just... trying to take you down. Yeah, you'd try to shame me out of never wearing Hollister again. And you'd be again. like, Gershon is cool now, and then I'd be the loser again. 
This is how I tell stories in my head because I'm mentally ill. (laughs) Because your mental illness is at an all-time high. Just an all-time high. Well, also, like, grandpa names and grandma names are back. So Gershon might actually be, like, someone's baby right now. It could Um, be. Anyway. they're destined for great things, by the way. Were you were you an Aeropostale girly? Like, what was your vibe? I did. I, was, I did go into Aeropostale. That is the one. And I don't. I was I American really... Eagle and Hollister, and I think that American was it. Eagle was like my jam, and still is. <laughs> not, they have I'm great not jeans. Grown. That's all I'm gonna they say. have great leggings. They have great bras. They have great underwear. I swear, I love their. Uh, I love their stuff. Not an ad. Well, not an ad. Not an ad. Not an ad. <laughs> Maybe at 14, I would have desperately wanted it to be an oh, ad, but sure. no, it's not. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So Gershon Hollister, he lived in Dudley Town in 1792, and he was killed while building a barn for a neighbor named William Tanner. Mm. Other accounts say that he didn't he didn't die while building a barn for William Tanner, but he was murdered by William Tanner in his own home. Uh oh. After this, Tanner started acting kind of wild, and he started muttering about monsters that he would see come out of the woods at night. What? So if he did kill. Gershon, it sounds like he was just mentally ill. Yeah. So, but whatever. Apparently, it's the curse. So, sure. in 
1804, resident General Herman Swift of Revolutionary War fame. Um, sure. We all his, know him. <laughs> his wife, Sarah, was struck by lightning on their front porch in Dudley Town and died. What? General Swift also lost his mind and died shortly after. Although I would like to consider that PTSD from being in the fucking Revolutionary War, but okay. Yeah, lost his mind, sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of mental illness, but also a lot of good reasons to have right. maybe some mental like, illness. Like, understandable. Yeah. So there's also the story in Dudley Town of a woman named Mary Young Cheney who was born in Dudley Town. Um, and other sources said that she was just born nearby Dudley Town, but I guess proximate, like, you know, this curse doesn't know GPS, right? So maybe right. it's like, it kind of matters into one of those other mountains spaces. or something nearby. So in 1833, Mary Young Cheney leaves Dudley Town and moves into what I think I read correctly as a vegetarian boarding house. Cool. <laughs> Catch me there. And this sounds like a fever dream, but she moved into a vegetarian boarding house and it was owned by Dr. Graham of Graham Cracker fame. Shut the front door. Wait a second. This is actually starting to make sense to me. Is it? Tell no, me how. No, I'm, I'm serious. Like, I know it doesn't sound like it, but you know the whole story of the Kellogg family? No. Oh, my God. I got to cover that one day as, like, a true crime story. The Kellogg family, like, basically, oh, my god. Wait, gosh. can I not eat Kellogg's now? What's no, this No, no, now? no. It, it's, like, the origin of cereal, basically. Um, the, the guy, hold on, let me find his name. Please hold elevator music. Is it Dr. Graham of Graham Cracker fame? <laughs> Okay, so it, I was right. It is the it is cornflakes, like Kellogg's cornflakes. Mm. They were originally created in 1894 by Will Kellogg for patients at the Battle Creek Sanitarium, oh. and it, it their whole thing was that they wanted to have a place where people. I mean, this is not made up. Their patients could not masturbate, could not eat anything like tasty or enjoyable so they basically created cornflakes as like the meal to serve to curve their to curb their horniness yeah basically <laughs> um and you know that is not don't take my word for that exact uh thing but there are some really good episode podcast episodes about this but it is a talk about looney tunes like this story that's wild is kooky uh, and I'm. Just, I think John Kellogg is the one who like took it to the next level. He had this like really wild like religious view, and it's something. Let me let me find. Oh, here we go. <clears throat> so he believed uh, that he his sanitarium. He promoted vegetarianism, which is why. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, which is why the connection reminded me. The use of enemas, so they would, like, constantly oh. use enemas on these people, exercise, sunbathing, and hydrotherapy, as well Ugh. as abstinence from smoking tobacco, drinking alcohol, and sexual activity, including masturbation. Um, and then he dedicated the last 30 years of his life to promoting eugenics. So, uh, Whee! yeah, oh, yeah, you know, okay. it's not great. Um, but anyway, he created the invention of breakfast cereal cornflakes. <laughs> I mean, wow. he invented a lot to discuss at the breakfast table. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he actually created these vegetarian foods for his patients, and then they would be marketed. So it would not surprise me if the graham cracker was part of this. I wonder if he was graham oh my God. crackers. Literally, he followed the teachings of Sylvester Graham. Is that the guy's name? 
I just know Dr. Graham. Oh, yeah, Maybe. yeah. Sylvester Graham, who recommended a diet of bland foods to minimize excitement, sexual arousal, and masturbation. Oh, great. Anyway, okay. fun fact. Um, okay. Hmm. Sorry, my <laughs> Sorry light to went totally out. derail, but I got to tell you, when you said Graham, I was like, you're never going to believe this, but I think I actually know where this is coming from that was the most alexander schieffer thing i've ever seen in my life that was <laughs> like such like, a like by the way i know that know? trivia fully <laughs> um so anyway uh, so there's a woman who lived in dudley town named mary young cheney and she moved into a boarding house owned by dr graham excellent where she met apparently her, her future husband named horace greeley oh i've heard and of that he because he was the founder of the New York Tribune, and he ran for president against Grant. Oh, usually I don't know things like that, but for some reason that name you really... Just un- you just tapped a part of your brain that knew too much, and so it's all kind of spilling oh, out Oh, wow. It's like I opened a can of worms. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, no. Well, so apparently a week before the election, this woman died by suicide. <gasps> um, oh, shit. Uh, and on top of that, he did not win the election, her oh. husband. Um, and for some reason, even though she has moved away from Dudleytown, oh. they blame the curse on both the election results and her dying by suicide. Oh, geez. Okay. Which, like, n- neither. Nah. No, no, no. Nah. Um, also, sources say that she actually had, like, a chronic lung disease. And so there might have been some. Mm. Maybe she just couldn't. It was apparently a very painful illness, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she maybe just couldn't take it anymore. I I don't really know, but apparently because once you're a resident of Dudley Town, the the curse follows you, which by the way becomes a curse, right? Like it's just like now you're stigmatized as someone of Dudley Town, and anything that happens to you is now a true. Curse. Like you can't win, really. Like the curse is just part of it. Yeah. So after the Civil War, many of the villagers uh, in Dudley Town simply just packed up and moved away. They were tired of not being able to really farm that well. I'm sure, again, the rumors were not helpful. Um, Maybe they really did believe. I mean, this was only, well, this was after the Civil War. But I wonder if that means maybe like, was I think, was that the beginning like of spiritualism? Maybe they thought like there really was something dark going on there. I don't know. What year was that? Again? It was just after the Civil War, so the eighteen sixties. Yeah, I feel like that makes sense. Um, and so soil was uh very rocky, like I said. So the like crops were just not happening anymore, and the rumors of the town being cursed. Basically, by the early nineteen hundreds, nobody lived there anymore. That fast? Wow! I thought it would have at least been more yeah. recent. It was a hundred like 70-ish years that from being established to being abandoned. And one of the last residents was a guy named John Patrick Brophy and his wife died from our favorite consumption. Mm. Um, His kids apparently vanished into the forest to never be seen again. Although there's like a weird story that maybe the kids ran away out of shame because they had been caught stealing sled blankets. Weird. What? Okay, sure. Apparently, so I think they maybe were embarrassed and like ran off or something. That, that is doesn't pretty feel embarrassing. Like... <laughs> yeah, what? All twenty six families know what happened, except they've all already moved away. <laughs> um, so his kids apparently just vanished right after his mom or after his wife died. Then he started talking apparently about creatures in the woods that he was seeing, Uh-oh. and 
then one day his house burned down in a random unexplained fire and eventually he himself vanished without a trace and nobody knows where he went oh no uh only a few years later dudley town was completely deserted and there was a doctor named dr william clark who came to cornwall and found this like several hundreds of acres of land or how you know found all this land including dudley town and he was like i'm gonna buy this this is all like totally private great and he bought out dudley town and on top of all that because there was no one there right um so it became his home and he built a summer home there um and dr clark was called away for business one day but when he came back three days later his wife was upstairs he found the door ajar which is already a problem his wife was upstairs and he found her sitting in a room maniacally laughing to (gasps) nobody oh my god what she started talking about seeing creatures in the woods and keep in mind this is years after it's already been abandoned so i don't even know what they've heard about the city oh no 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 that's creepy she was never the same and was never never fully recovered from that um the How rumors long was were th- he gone again three days i mean that's not i'm sorry i don't think that's long enough like you hear people at lighthouses like who were alone yeah. for months kind of lose it but three days like whoa. that's yeah wild Oof. maybe back then it was like a fortnight or something i don't know what yeah. <laughs> but uh they said it was just three days. So, jeez. They say that she was hospitalized, or that she also died by suicide. She was also said to have a chronic illness. To be fair, so I, we don't really know the official origins. Um, but Doctor Clark did stay in Dudley Town on his own for a while, and I guess um, some other private owners have come in and tried to build homes there. So together they co-founded the Dark Entry Forest Association, uh-huh. and. Dark Entry Forest sounds spooky, but that's actually the name of the road because the whole place is dark all the time. That is still spooky. Yes, it is also the still spooky. The road is called Dark, dark Entry. Entry. Jesus, that's so creepy. And so he created the Dark Entry Forest Association to preserve the land. Um, although I have seen in more detail that maybe it's just a bunch of like rich people in a society who are... I don't know. They like living out in the forest by themselves and are keeping trouble away. So I get it. This is everybody's reminder to drink some water, you little dehydrated rats. Mm-hmm. We want you mm. to be a good old drowned rat. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to be a rat, be a drowned one. Or at least a hydrated one. Okay. So since the descendants of, uh, or since then, since Dr. Clark created this association and now a bunch of people are preserving the land, Descendants of the Dudleys have tried to debunk the town's curse. Um, And the Cornwall Historical Society has also joined in on this. And they're basically trying to stop people from spreading that there is a curse and um, in a way that's like actually giving people, you know, reasons to want to go visit. I feel like the Dudleys are just like, it wasn't us. Right. At this point, though, if I was even if my last name was Dudley and I lived in Connecticut, can you imagine the jokes you get? Can you imagine oh. the comments at a bar like, oh, Dudley Town? Oh, oh you're cursed? You cursed? Don't, don't come near me. Exactly. They're just trying to clear their name. So there's one guy named Gary, of course, Gary mm-hmm. Dudley. And he has he's a historian, a genealogist, and he is trying to. Oh, he's back. 
Is that what that is? I was like, <laughs> I was it's, like, a little rat has come knocking. It's Gary Dudley, the dehydrated rat. <laughs> oh no, Gary Dudley. I'm not calling you a dehydrated rat. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> oh no. But he decided that he was going to try to debunk the town's curse so his family could have a cleared name. Cornwall Historical Society joined in, and this is a quote from the New England Historical Society, talking about what the Cornwall Historical Society has said. So the New England Historical Society, this is what they, this is a quote from their website about the Cornwall Historical Society um, debunking all of the stories of Dudleytown. Right. So this is the whole quote from their website. The Dudleys of Dudleytown has no connection to the noblemen beheaded in England. So immediately they're shutting it off. There's no yep. curse. That's what they're saying. If that I feel like it's the ghosts telling me I'm no, wrong. No, that's what I'm saying. If that weren't, if we didn't know that was Jonathan, I'd be like, holy shit. <laughs> A ghost is having an opinion about this. Okay, so there's no curse. Right. Gershon Hollister was not murdered. He fell from a rafter during a barn raising. Abiel Dudley didn't go mad. He lived until 90 and got a little senile. The Carter tragedy of the guy who found his wife and children mm. dead and the other ones um, kidnapped, that happened far away from Dudley Town. Furthermore, they lived right in the middle of uh, a heavily aggressive territory. Mm. And his three children that were kidnapped did survive. And his son became a state Supreme Court justice, apparently. Oh. Holy shit. My goodness. Horace Grayley's wife never even set foot in Dudley Town. So the rumors oh. of her being born there is not true, apparently. Um, she died of a lung disease in New York City. Um, one of the things that a lot of people say is super eerie and spooky about Dudley Town is that it's just wildly quiet all the time like no wind no bugs no birds it's just eerie sounding what they have to say about that is sometime in the 1960s dudley town was sprayed with ddt oh great was sprayed with ddt so dr clark he when he bought the house he only used it for weekend visits so his wife might not have wouldn't have stayed if he had to leave for a business thing and the wife had a chronic disease and she couldn't stand the pain very often that's their words so um she probably, if she died by suicide, it wasn't because she like lost her yeah, mind, you know? Course, yeah. Um, still people claim that this somewhat abandoned town has its spirits and visitors have come from all over to check it out. Um, so they say, I don't even give a shit if it's cursed or not. We're going to go see for ourselves. So a lot of visitors have come out. Um, it became a dare for locals to walk down dark entry road at night and people claimed to hear monsters and see creatures with glowing green eyes looking back at them. To be fair, that could be the hordes of owls or what are owls called? The uh, something. Oh, what is an owl? Oh, yeah. Look at your book. Um, it's your book. I'm just here. Oh yeah. Look at my book. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I should know what a group of owls is called. A wisdom. Oh, that's because <gasps> they're so wise. I love Anyway, apparently a wisdom of owls. I would imagine those are the glowing green eyes. But and... by the way, that's like almost scarier than any sort of monster. Yeah, like if just a staring wisdom at of you. owls was staring at me in the dark. And it would make sense why you can't hear birds at night if owls oh, are the main bird there and they are notoriously silent. Yes, that's a great point. Um, people still, regardless of all of the ways that skeptics can easily break down the story, all the way to the fact that the origins have a bunch of plot holes and don't mm. make sense and nobody even knows the right legend people still say i want to go and see some spooky stuff at the very least it's an abandoned village which is 
definitely creepy and i would want to look at that um but there's people ever since the 1940s have seen ghosts and heard of creatures in the woods and they have feelings of overwhelming fear and sadness and they feel Mm. themselves being suffocated and watched at night um people have that situation of like sorry i don't mean to interrupt you but it could be that situation we've talked about about like the more you talk about it and create the lore around it Mm -hmm. it almost develops its own identity as like a spooky place even if it doesn't have the like true origin yeah the power of persuasion or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be people have also seen lights they've heard sounds they've felt someone push them scratch them investigators have called this area a negative power spot for spirits to travel okay Mm. um (laughs) sure People have also claimed to see half man, half animal creatures with snouts on their face running through the woods at night. Oh. One teenager reportedly got attacked by a creature out there with glowing green eyes or glowing red eyes and had gashes all over him. I feel like you could have just maybe fallen in the woods and... Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Or you, it could... I'm still also... I would not be 100% in disbelief of something spooky happening, but yeah. I also... I mean, first of all, M's the first to believe you whoever you are so don't worry we're just trying to sound intelligent i just uh, this uh, this story i really wanted it to come off spookier but i also want to do the the people justice especially since they have so proactively tried to make sure people don't go visit you know yes (laughs) i understand that yeah yeah that makes sense so one common report again is that the village is weirdly silent um and for decades this uh town used to actually go right through the Appalachian Trail so a lot of hikers would go through the Dudley Woods Um, and those hikers reported hearing really weird stuff at night and seeing men with hooves and they would see orbs in the trees and they would see UFOs and apparently there's a whole whole bunch of other like UFO adjacent stories to this area. Okay now we're talking but that also could just I mean that's one day I'll have to just cover the Appalachian Trail because that's just so goddamn spooky. Oh god I would would die for that. Um, I I just love the Appalachian Trail, and I'm so close to it now. I just, I just love it. Apparently, um, TV crews have gone out there trying to film spooky things for their own content, and equipment has broken and malfunctioned. One reporter apparently got violently ill when she started talking about the stories out there. Uh-oh. And after years of pestering that this place is haunted, someone has to go check it out. Guess who attended? Not Zach. The Warrens. Oh, um, next best thing. The Warrens went out to check this uh, this village out. They said that they'd have heard a different version of the curse's origin. They thought somebody in uh someone who they thought like one of the Puritans slash colonizers slash religious zealots um mm. was the person to get cursed, not someone from England in the fifteen hundreds. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and he was the governor for like four terms here and he killed a bunch of Quakers and one of the Quakers cursed him. So that was the story that they had heard. Um, and the area was found, uh, oh, sorry. I just read the wrong part. Their story, by the way, also had a lot of plot holes. So I don't know if either story is accurate, but basically in the 1970s, the Warrens went there. They taped themselves in Dudley town as like a special, Mm. And they called it public. They publicly called it demonically possessed. And <laughs> this poor town that just wanted people to leave them alone. I know it's not fair. Now every paranormal enthusiast went to Dudley Town. Uh. Um, Warrens. The Warrens. This is the most ironic part to me. The Warrens said that even if the legends weren't true, 
it's now officially haunted because people are now going there and doing rituals in the woods and going ghost hunting and summoning things. It's like you caused it to be haunted then. Yeah, that's not fair. So for her to go, I'm saying her as if Lorraine's the only one, but for both of them to say, Uh oh, it's definitely haunted. And now I can't be proven wrong because it's haunted now, even if it wasn't when I said that. So anyway. The visitors started um, going through here all the time. Amateur ghost hunters started coming in. Teenagers around the area started trespassing and trying to, like, you know, they were, like, daring each other to stay in the woods. Um, This led to huge vandalism and graffiti problems. Tour buses started coming through. One of the residents said that... Tour buses? Jeez. One of the residents said that he had to start, like, helping visitors tow their cars out because they were driving (gasps) in, like, areas they weren't supposed to be and getting their cars stuck. Oh, my God. How infuriating would that be? And, of course, the Warrens went right right to this place only a few years before the Satanic Panic. And so now people Uh... are... Afraid of Dudley Town because people, there's rumors of cults going in there at night. And by the way, the Warrens did nothing to help this situation. In fact, they posted the Dudley Town address on their website. <laughs> so, um, whoops. Oopsie. Oopsies. It even got worse in 1999 when people spread that the Blair Witch Project was based on Dudley Town. Oh my God. Uh, and so around that time in the 90s, early 2000s, now everyone's coming in again in a whole new wave. And around the same time, lots of the land was burned in a fire when the town was hit by a lightning bolt. So then people started freaking out that this was a curse from of like the skies. Some people also say that this land is a vortex for spiritual energy. Um, and nowadays... Of because it has to be, I think. The land is priv- privately owned, still by the Dark Entry Forest Association. Um, but they started banning visitors. They had to start like really strictly controlling the land because so many visitors were coming in and ruining things. But that has now led to conspiracy theories about who the Dark Entry Association is. Ooh! I mean, they do have quite a spooky name. And they can claim that that was just based on the road. But, like, you could have been the Dudley Town Association, but you chose the Dark Entry. Like, come I on. Know. It's spooky. I know. And also, like, to... I mean, you're a a private very small group of people that live in an abandoned potentially spooky potentially dangerous forest that sounds like a wizard's or origin story right i mean with like owls and like spooky creatures so some say that they're a cult using the land for their own rituals and communication with spirits others say that they are keeping the vortex for themselves because they don't want to share it with anybody (laughs) they're so selfish I i love that one by the way it just sounds like a bunch of like it's Only children whole... got in a group yes. together. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, they're just like, I, I wouldn't write a screenplay about that, like a sitcom pilot or something. <laughs> I just feel like that uh, that has a lot of legs. That would actually be a great story to just do, like, a secret society that actually does own the secret woods. And, and they're just the like, woods... the, I feel like it should be a, like a normal, just like town society, like like the dark entry force and they're like god will you guys stop like there's nothing here we're just trying to preserve the legacy of the town and then at the end of the pilot plot twist you find out like they actually do have a portal and they Mm -hmm. just don't want to share with anyone else tm 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 (laughs) Um, tm for our half-assed idea (laughs) right right but just in case just in case if we decide at 3 a.m we're gonna write the entire series folks 
So some say that they're actually good people. This could be the other plot twist at the end of season two. Mm. That they're good witches who are actually protecting us Trying from the bad to curse. Hide it. Now that wait, and then the foil is someone who's infiltrated the group and is like, oh, <gasps> no, I want to use this for nefarious purposes, but is posing as a good witch, you know? That's the one. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> so- Eva? Can you write that down, please? <laughs> Eva, can you just write the series for us, please? Oh, be I great. don't know if you saw, and I don't really listen to um, MFM much anymore, but Stephen has has stepped back from MFM. Has left the building, apparently. I know, and it's like, it feels so monumental. He's like the third, he's, when someone asks, like, wait, which one's Stephen again? Like, my brother, somebody who doesn't listen to podcasts. I was like, well, Eva, I was going to say Stephen's the Eva of My Fair Murder, but I was like, honestly, it's Eva was the Stephen of our show before mm-hmm. you know because he was kind of the we were like we need someone like steven so i feel like steven created such a an entry point for so many people to be like oh so many people that's a great like uh position for a podcast somebody who can help us record and i don't yeah. know i'm just uh i mean so- the only the only reason we even knew we could get and i mean steven if you're listening for some reason we've never met <laughs> but the only reason we even thought we could have an Eva is because there was a Steven. And we were so, like, what a great, like, as such a great idea. So we almost, like, modeled our posting on ZipRecruiter, not an ad, but sort of an ad, um, based on the fact that, like, based on Steven's job description. I was like, oh, what a great idea. We could use someone to help us like that. So anyway, just side note, I saw that on Instagram. And so I want to say Godspeed to Steven, um, you know, whatever your wherever your life takes you next you know who told uh, me that steven left who eva and i went girl if you ever leave us i was like you know who told eva you well i did but then then she's like oh ray just told me so i'm like okay i feel like ray ray and i both told her but i forget (laughs) why i was texting her separately but i was but i didn't say don't leave me she just immediately responded but don't worry, I'll never leave you. And I was like, thank Aww. you for reading the thoughts Meanwhile, I didn't I even realize. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, I didn't even realize. I'm so glad that for once I don't have to demand the answer from you. You'll just voluntarily say, I won't leave you. <laughs> she's learned very well yeah, that we, we need it. We need a lot of reassurance. No, I said, I was like, she was like, oh, did you know that Steven left? And I was like, what are you saying? I was like, is that your way of saying you're out too? <laughs> <laughs> she's, that poor woman has to like, think before she says anything to us which is like just i was like eva if you ever leave like christina and i will also leave just so it's clear we will leave we will leave this plane we don't know how to function help us Uh, anyway just to end all of this um this nonsense so the dark entry forest association they uh banned visitors they have had literally since like 2014 i think they're still like having to uh, like call the police and have them arrested if they're oh, like trespassing because people still think they can get away with people it people are so fucking they have no respect and maybe they're good witches maybe they're maybe they have a cult maybe they want to have the vortex to themselves and whatever the reason um they just don't want the town to be explored any longer they want nothing to do with this curse and the cornwall historical society this is one two three four different quotes from them um when discussing this curse and how they just don't want it around anymore right um so they've written this pamphlet apparently for if you come to dudley town they have a pamphlet called the true facts of dudley town and it (gasps) puts all the rumors to rest and the cornwall historical society has said 
For decades, there's been this perpetuation of misinformation. Go to Dudleytown, they tell you. It's a real ghosty place, but the truth is Dudleytown's a big fraud. If you would like to visit the forested ruins of an old building, or if you would like to visit a stunningly beautiful forest, Mohawk State Forest will satisfy your interests, and Cunningham Tower is full of eerie ambiance, if that's what you're looking for. But today's owners of Dudleytown are professional people who live there for privacy and seclusion. They do not welcome tourists or those seeking tales of chilling experiences, please do not come. There are no ghosts, no spirits, no curse. Oh, it's like so hard because I I get that. Like, I feel like we've been in that position, especially at live shows when you've covered a topic locally back when we did like local stories. And then you would say, but please don't like go over there drunkenly after this. You know what I mean? Like we can respect it from afar, like but the people who own it like we have to respect their privacy and exactly and yeah that's a hard so, line um i'm like kind find. of let me let me check did we did i i didn't talk about it in our book did I, did we which one did dudley town did i cover no dudley town? i don't believe so i would i feel like i okay I good remember that. if i did <laughs> if i didn't put it in there enough don't actually go unless like you know somebody from there who's willing to invite you in and also grab a pamphlet from the cornwall historical society while um, you're at it send me one because i'm so curious about it <laughs> and uh but and just sidebar too if you want to go to damned ct damned connecticut.com they do have, um, if you look at their Dudley Town page, in the comments, a lot of people have talked about some of the spooky stuff that's happened to them. It's a lot of stuff I already mentioned where people have seen glowing green eyes or their cell phones will malfunction. A lot right. of people say spooky stuff happens and it could all be coincidence, but it could also be like kind of a, what what's it called when enough people have put energy toward it? Yeah. Like, I mean, a tulpa, a tulpa. is like a thought form that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but that's Dudley Town, and I'm sorry it took like an hour and a half to get no, through No, no. I mean, I think, let's be real, that was mostly my doing. Um, no. <laughs> wow. I, listen, the second you said Dudley, I was on board. I, this is a story for <laughs> another day, but at my parents, my dad and stepmom's wedding, nope, other way around, my mom and stepdad's wedding, um, we went to Salamanca, New York, which is my stepdad's hometown, and we stayed at the Dudley Hotel, and- <gasps> That place is creepy. And so when you said Dudley in the beginning, I was like, oh my God, is this the same? It is so I like how immediately you hear, you hear Dudley and you're like, they have to be connected. I, I mean, that's what people said about the Dudleys over here and the Dudleys over in England. Okay. They made the same kind of that's true. stretch. Um, yeah. It's called the Historic Dudley Hotel. I swear to God, this place was haunted. Um, I'm going to send you a picture of it because like you'll just see it's like the only hotel in town um and my dad uh it's like right by a reservation so there are a lot of locals who like go to the bar there and my grand my german grandfather showed up and after the wedding started buying everybody like uh buying the whole bar like rounds of shots and they partied like all night and i just uh, sat in the corner and drank shirley temples and played cards with my friends oh that's it's a really fun. fun place but it's definitely spooky um it's definitely spooky yeah well i will say i just looked up dudley town to show you a picture of it and it's all just essentially i mean you've seen the woods you know um uh, <laughs> i have seen that yeah on realtor right now there is a house in dudley town oh. that is for sale oh and it is i know so how I'm much, not saying how much. Eight eight eight. That's a lot. It is eight eighty eight. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus, that seems like a lot. Also, for only 1,700 square feet. What? And Whoa, five, look eight. how old this fucking building is, though. When was this built? 1783. <sighs> I was going to say, that's a 1700s house, friends. It, I have a friend. Also, in 2017, oh, it sold for, like, almost half of that. So I think it's just, like, spiked recently. We um we have friends who live in New Hampshire who live in like a 1750s or 60s farmhouse and they texted me when they bought it and they were like, "Hey, do you think this is haunted?" and we were like <laughs> and Blaze said, "I'm just going to step in here before Christine even has to." <laughs> like the answer is obviously, but it looks kind of like this. It's like old-timey barn with like a couple windows. Like you know that spooky old colonial style oh yeah house yeah it looks like that Ooh. i mean I, I feel like if you have to ask is it haunted i know i know i know like what's making you even ask you know like oh read, read your gut feelings i'm kind of loving it i love also that they want this kind of money but they have no photos it's like the one no photo photos. of the outside and then they're like just trust us yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Anytime, even on I, I go on Zillow a lot, and I go on Zillow truly because it's 3 a.m. And I think I love Zillow all the time. I go on Zillow just to pretend that I'm a multimillionaire and can afford whatever I want. And uh, I like to look at like the $30 million <gasps> mansions or whatever. And some of them still only have one picture. And I'm like, how on earth? Like, how on earth do you? Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll buy it in you an imaginary why, world, but. Because it's probably not for us fucking looky-loos. Because they're like, this is where celebrities live. We're not going to show you the inside of the house and where the keypad is. You know what's for sale right now, though? Yes. You told me. The Brady Bunch house. Five mil. That's easy. Easy money. Easy money. Easy, right? (laughs) Patreon, I will send you a pin or something. (laughs) And it might be crooked and it might have dog hair on it. But It's it's just a cool, easy, breezy $5 million. And... um. But uh, but I saw so obviously I looked through the pictures. It actually did have pictures, and the entire inside also looks like. I mean, it's the exterior and interior of the Brady. If Bunch. you were to buy that house, first of all, would you? If it were like in your budget, um, first of all, I have like twenty million dollars, so of course, right? It's in my so, oh, my mistake. Um, I'm so I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> you know what's so weird? As I thought about it, and I was like, I don't think I. Well, I don't think I would for a few reasons. One, because. You're already spending five million dollars on a house that you you can't furnish it because like it's already decorated for you. That so, was like, my question. Uh, yeah, I was curious because I wouldn't either. I don't. I wouldn't want it to be like exactly the way it is. Like unless I were some huge Brady Bunch like fanatic, but I'm not. I think on principle and like I like the like nostalgia retro kind of vibe. Yeah. Like I'm I'm down with how it looks on the inside, but like what would I? I'm fine with that. But like if I didn't own anything else, I'd be so stoked to go live there and it's already furnished for me and looks really cool and it looks like a television yeah. show that I've watched. But since I have a bunch of stuff, like I hope there's just one storage room that I could just That's put everything it. in. That's where it's And yeah. think of how much money you have to spend on a twenty four seven basis for security because I was gonna there's say gotta then be... you have looky loos like us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's on a it's on like not a major road, but it's it's off of a major road. Like it's yes. easy to get to. So Anyway, no, I wouldn't, but I really wish I had a friend who would, you know. That See, that would be the ideal. Like, you're one party removed, so you can at least enjoy it, but you don't I'd have like to, to be house responsible it, you know? for it. Yes, yeah. yes. That would be delightful. Oh, anyway, you have to tell me about murder before we go <gasps> off on Zillow, because I won't shut up. First of all, 
I got my water out. Um, somebody gave this to me. I think at the Cincinnati show. I forget where. But this beautiful, actually, no, it was a different live show. But this beautiful lemon, uh, cup. Okay, that they made yeah. mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. their cricket machine, by the way. Uh, and so I'm. I rediscovered it recently, and it's my recording cup now. So I apologize. It's lemony. Um, but I'm trying rec- to rehydrate myself. My recording cup is actually a vase. Um, I a celery vase. Oh, no, that's like pretty. a like a real, not actually a cup. It was in the f- vase department. I mean, it's very big, but it does have a spout. I think that's to pour not to pour water down my gullet as I do it, but um, it's. I wish you could see it. My whole fist could like go in there. Is it like for? Uh, it looks like a pitcher. Yeah. It's a small picture. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I found it at World Market, and it I was looks like, like World Market. By the way, my favorite store. And I was like, this would, this could be a good cup if they it's had a smaller the one. Texture is really doing it for me. I love in that. a bad way or a good way. No, no, no best way. I love it. I think it, she's it so looks cute. So delightful. To, it's like those Starbucks cups we talked about that have the. the <gasps> I love her, and I because she's got good grip. That's why. But Listen, I, I'm a basic bitch with my Stanley cup, and this probably holds warmer water than your giant pitcher. So don't feel bad. Like okay, this cool. is that, thank meant you. to be a cup, and it's outrageous. So I think well, you're okay. I was looking for an actual cup version of it in World Market because I was it was literally in the vases, so, <laughs> and I was like, I guess anything can be a cup if you want it to be. So I, I mean, that's it. that's the attitude that I'm here for. Yeah. Okay. So I support you on that. Anyway, I did quite a lot of talking and I'm I I'm excited for you to regale me and also I'm excited for Jonathan to leave because I hate this. But um <laughs> please distract me until that's true. Happily. Um I'm really excited about this one because uh our wonderful researcher Molly Ann reached out a few months ago and said, Have you heard about this? and sent me this TikTok, and I went down this kind of rabbit hole because I had not heard of it, and it seems like something I should absolutely have heard of, and I cannot wait to tell it to you. This is the eBay stalking scandal. What? It's giving Craigslist killer. It is, but in a totally different... You'll... it. You, I'm going to love it. I already you know. You have no idea what's coming. It is... I'm so excited. A wild ride. Uh, so I'm just going to hop into it. Um, and it's also a relatively recent story. Like this starts back in the 90s with like the rise of eBay and these e-commerce mm. sites. But uh, the actual crimes took place in 2019. So it, it's a much more recent uh, story than I at first realized. Cool. So, oh, Em, it's such a doozy. Talk about, like, this is, like, the stuff that those HBO documentaries, like, three-parters are made of. Like, the Joe <gasps> Fogo, like, the, this is one of those stories where you're like, what the? How, like, how have I not heard about this? So, I'm sure something's in the works because it was so recent. Um, if not, hit us up, uh, HBO, Netflix, whoever wants to get in on it. Quitty, <laughs> Christine wants to be a talking exist? head. Christine I, wants to be a talking head. My dream. Get me a talking head. Come on. Okay. This is the eBay stocking scandal. So um, we all know eBay, right? 
Uh, it's famously one of the first e-commerce websites to ever exist. Um, and do you have you ever heard the uh, kind of urban legend of how eBay was created or founded? Because mm. I hadn't heard it, so don't feel bad if you haven't. But I feel like someone's told me. I don't remember. Yeah, I truly might, don't remember. I bet we've heard it before. I didn't remember, but apparently there's an old story that the founder of eBay created the site to get rid of his wife's overwhelming Pez dispenser collection, and that's how it started. Oh, you know where I learned about that from? I wandered myself into a Pez museum one time. <gasps> And that was one of their fun facts on the wall. Yes, oh. I do know about that. Okay, well, it's not true, which is why I said ah. it was the urban legend about how it got started. Well, by the way, the Pez Museum definitely told me all about that. Oh, let's just say they were doing it tongue-in-cheek so that we don't get in trouble. Um, Yeah, it's funny. Obviously, it's a great story, but it's not true. So here's what actually happened. The man who created and launched eBay, uh, he, his name is Pierre Omidyar, and he was a French-born man living in Silicon Valley in San Jose, and he launched eBay over Labor Day weekend of 1995. Now, over this holiday weekend, while he was at home in San Jose, he was writing code on his personal computer. And he launched a website, which at the time he called Auction Web. And he was just kind of playing around like, you know, everyone is out on vacation doing the long weekend and he's at home writing code. And uh, it was all worth it because he created this website called Auction Web and he described it as a site, quote, dedicated to bringing together buyers and sellers in an honest and open marketplace. The first item up for bid Pierre posted his old, barely functional laser printer for sale for a whopping $1. Oh, okay. And if anyone ever asks you a trivia, what was the first item up for bid on eBay? That is what it was. Okay. Fun fact. Great. So people actually bid on it. And they're not sure nowadays, like internet historians are not sure if it was just for the novelty of bidding on something like an sure. auction online. I mean, that's kind of a wild and it's it's low stakes. It's a dollar. Um, and so people started bidding and it sold to a man in Canada for $14.83. And uh, oh. Pierre was like, cool, this is, this is working. So I, it's interesting. Does that mean only like 14 people? Yeah, it bid. was like a small amount. Or, oh, I don't know how many specifically, but yeah, probably around there. So probably a small number. But, you know, for somebody to start their first website and put one thing up and it's already drawing in, you know, yeah. viewers, uh, it just started to work. And so the rest kind of is history. So eBay, as it later became known, uh, quickly gained popularity, and in the late 90s, its founder and staff largely credited the Beanie Baby craze with the massive growth of eBay, mm, which I also found, found very interesting. It's almost like all of these uh, zeitgeisty phenomenon were like intertwined, you know? Yeah. Um, so people joined the site to buy and sell their Beanie Babies, and they would stay for other purchases. And so Pierre's original $14.82 sale turned into his current net worth, which is estimated to be $13 billion. Uh, whoa. 
right? Whoa. Right. And you should see this guy. You should look up Pierre Omidyar in like 1995. Like he looks just kind of like the dorky, like a uh, computer nerd who's like at home writing code while everyone's at the barbecue. Look and at now, him. Right. And now he's a fucking $13 billion. Oh, wow. I fly in macho man. That's incredible. Yeah, it's crazy. Talk wow. about like rags to riches, if not rags to riches, but $14 to $13 billion is pretty wild to me. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> um, so just last year, to give you an idea of how eBay has become uh, one of the leading e-commerce sites in the world still to this very day, uh, just as an idea, last year in 2022, users sold over $70 billion worth of products on eBay. Wow. 70 billion in just one year. Basically, the sheer size of eBay's online market is like unfathomable. Like it's impossible to comprehend. And of course, with that amount of wealth behind it, uh, there is opportunity for people to, what a shocker, abuse their power. Yeah. And you, and you said there were, you said 70 billion last year, right? In 2022. Yep. Wow. That's, and that, sorry. that's just that's just the amount of money that people sold their items like everyday folks were wow. selling stuff. So that's not to say, you know, I don't know how much the top are making. I don't know what their incomes are like, but it must be out of control. Uh, up, wow. Up being at the top of this kind of a company. Ten billion of it was probably me with Pokemon cards. <laughs> <just> so- <laughs> Might have been. Um, you could have, you, you know, you could have bought that. Uh, that whole town of uh, I know Dudley Town, but no, you had to go buy your Pokemon cards. I know, I know. Um, so Ina and David Steiner, this is the main couple at the center of this story. They live in Natick, Massachusetts, which is about forty minutes outside of Boston. And early in their marriage, uh, so they've been together for thirty years at this point. But earlier in their marriage, they both began working from home together. And I kind of love this because, you know, 30 years ago, you're thinking, like, the internet is very young. It's like the 90s. Uh, we're, all just they, playing, we're all just playing pinball. We're playing pinball. We're, we're, we're playing Minecraft, or even though we don't get what it is. We're, yeah. You mean Minesweeper? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did I say Minecraft? Yeah. Nowadays, I'm playing Minecraft, have no fucking clue what it is. Just well, not, what's the I'm difference, really? It. They're all what squares. The difference? It's They're all, all cubes. Bunch of squares. We invented yeah. Minecraft, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. anyway, I just love the idea that this couple in the 90s was like let's get into business together work from home and work on the internet like when it was so early and ahead of their time yeah way ahead of their time and i love that they did it together that's precious i know and so the cup oh wait i have a photo of them i meant to send this to you because um like right right now because i just was like these these folks man uh actually i'm gonna send it to the group what was their company um, I will tell you momentarily. Okay. I was gonna say in 2023, if they if they said, "Oh, we're gonna work from home together," it'd be like, "Yawn, we're all doing that." But yeah, yawn. Look at them. Look at them. We're gonna put this on Instagram, folks. But they are just. This is like later on into their business. Um, but as you can tell, it's a <laughs> it's an online business where they are kind of 
in cahoots with these e-commerce sites. So mm-hmm. let me give you a little more of a description. So the couple themselves were early fans of eBay and other e-commerce websites, and they were so passionate about the world of online marketplaces that they decided to start a newsletter. Ooh, okay. So they launched a news website called e-commerce bytes, as in B-Y-T-E-S, like like bytes of pieces of e-commerce, not like uh, e-commerce blows, man. Not e-commerce yeah. bytes, you know, but genius. Yeah, bytes you of know, uh, information. In fifth grade, we I was at a play called Bits and Bytes, mm. and it was about the digital age, and it was a bunch of computer viruses hanging out together. <laughs> it was Wait, like what? It was clearly a like a play that was that someone had just written because like computers were all the rage for kids i and love so, looking back at those where they were like wow they thought they were on to something like they it was not. so topical bits and bites and i i think like the bad guy was a computer virus but we were all computer somethings what was your role oh christine uh very foreshadowing i truly needed propranolol at 10 years old for this because it was one of those plays where you all had to stand on the stage and like step out and say a line and that's it oh god and i couldn't imagine the idea of being up there and so i tried to go to my teacher which by the way at 10 years old with like confrontation issues was so brave of me to be like i can't get up there and say anything and they went well you have to so um they basically gave they made cool. me the narrator where I had to say the most things. Oh my god, that's not fair. It was cruel. It was so fucking cruel. And I thought I was gonna fall over and die the entire time. Um but anyway, bits and bites, but not I'm, like it bites you, but more like you. computer bites. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Um so their reports covered all things e-commerce from stocks to sellers' concerns. Ina did the writing and reporting, and David handled the behind-the-scenes business end. They were basically a power couple, uh, just kind of documenting the ins and outs of the e-commerce world. And so they had these subscribers following for, like, industry news. Like, you know now how there are newsletters about, like, podcast news and, like, acquisitions, and this is what they were writing about, but just in the scope of e-commerce. Okay, got it. So in an interview, Ina explained, we cover industry news. So what I do is I follow what's happening and how it impacts sellers. So when major changes on e-commerce websites rolls out, basically sellers could rely on Ina and David for accurate information. Like, oh, what's shifting? What tools are they adding on eBay? What's coming next? Right? Like, it's a really useful tool. And they have 600,000 readers, which to me seems like quite a lot. Uh, Most of those are online merchants. So people who are like small businesses and are selling... um, their goods and services and wares on these websites and uh you know rely on Ina and David's website to kind of make sure they are t- on the right track and up up to speed with all the the fast-paced changes on these websites like eBay in the digital era yeah, the digital era the b- bits and bytes So even though 600,000 readers, most of them are online merchants, the Steiners were always aware that there were kind of other high high flying folks who were also following these reports because much like the trades uh for tv for now podcasting um 
not only do like kind of the small time like podcasters like us have to follow or like to follow these kinds of things, but the big high ups at companies like I don't know, I'm trying to think like iHeart or just as, as an example, like also follow this kind of news. Sure. Um, and so they definitely had some big wigs that also followed and subscribed to their newsletter to see what changes were being rolled out on other websites just to keep kind of their finger on the pulse. So eventually readers started reaching out to Ina with specific issues they were having as sellers on sites like Etsy, Amazon, and eBay. And Ina never ever set out to report anything in bad faith. She wasn't biased against any particular website, but she only wanted to platform these sellers' voices, like the ones that were having problems, to give them space to say back to the companies, like, hey, this isn't working for us. This is my small business. And sure. eBay has done this, that, or the other, and it's it's hurting my business. So she wanted to make sure they elevated the voices of these small businesses that were, were selling on these websites. Love that. Love it. Otherwise, you know, if a person were to reach out to eBay and say, hey, I'm having a problem with XYZ, that's probably going to get lost in like a, you know, customer service email inbox and probably nothing's going to get done. So if it's in this like more professional um, released uh, newsletter that actual bigwigs are reading, maybe they'll take note. <laughs> so Ina created a dedicated section of the site for user reports where users could go in and report the issues they were having on specific websites. And she said she wanted it to be a conduit for sellers to tell their problems, tell their issues, and share information. So people took interest. Industry observers and even Wall Street contacted oh, yeah. Ina and David sometimes to get the scoop on like these e-commerce giants because Ina and David knew all the behind the scenes. Like they got intel from all these folks. Can you imagine just working from home and Wall Street is calling you? I mean, it's like just... 1995. You're like, I guess we'll start this fun little blog. And then like suddenly yeah. Wall Street's on the phone. Like, what <laughs> is Amazon doing? <laughs> we must know. And that's kind of where this goes, Em. So buckle the fuck up, okay? Like, okay. remember, this is a true crime story. It's out of control. Okay. Okay, so and just like I feel like you would have said something, but you don't know this story, right? Not at all. No. Okay, I had not heard of it ever either. So, um, you and me both. So, I mean, if you think about it, the Steiners were reporting on multi-billion-dollar corporations, and mm -hmm. they had like six hundred thousand uh, followers, a lot of whom were the reason that these companies were billion-dollar companies. They're selling on these websites. They need these people to be loyal to them. Um, and they never really imagined that these multi-billion dollar companies would feel threatened by their kind of reporting because it, it was sure. just like more small time reporting. Well, I'm sure it was they... a newsletter. Yeah, I was going to say there's no way that they thought that there was going to be like actual credible people watching them or, you know, enthusiasts that are relying solely on their opinion or their, their work, you know, who are there's taking no way. it so seriously. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So most of all, the Steiners believe that the sellers on these websites had a right to know about what was going on behind the scenes on these websites that they were using and subsequently like giving money to as a cut every time they sold something. So they felt like this is the right of the people to know 
what these billion dollar corporations are up to. So this went on very smoothly for about two decades. Okay. Okay. And they were living the dream, like had a very loyal following. And that all stopped on August 8th, 2019. <gasps> Whoa. It's that recent? It's that fucking recent. I've been still imagining them in like, like the picture 1990s. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. and they've been doing, first of all, they must be, I'm sure they already were uh, eventually, but. In my mind, I still thought of them as, like, sitting at home in their den together versus, like, having a full-ass company. They have to have, like, a full-ass company now, right? Yeah. You know, I I don't know how big the company is. I think it's still relatively small. Okay. Um, And I don't know whether they still work out of their home. I'm not sure. I believe they do. But they're still heavily relied on for trends and things like that. Wow. Good for them. I know. I was like so impressed because I'm like, you start a business in the 90s based solely on the internet. Like you have no idea where that's going to go. I was going to say based solely on the internet when it was so new. It's not like Like, now you started. You couldn't predict any trends. Yeah. You were just like, "Uh, this is my best guess of something that everyone is unsure of. So, like, I almost feel like back then you had a better chance at Wall Street paying attention to you because there was only one of you, not like 30,000 TikTokers exactly like you. That's so true. And it's like, how do they even like I bet at Wall Street and those people were probably like, wait, how do they get all this aggregated information in one place? You know, like websites are a new thing. Like usually you'd have to read the trades, read the paper. Um, But like I just went on the website and it's funny because the website. This is not meant to be offensive, but it really does look kind of like an old time. Like, it looks like it has not changed that much. Like, it's very simple. Um, It's still called E-Commerce Bytes Blog. Um, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. E-Commerce. Bytes with a Y. Yeah, wow. Right? Okay. It's nothing, nothing to write home about. Okay, but then you scroll down. It says Etsy adds weekends to processing time. So for sellers, it's like, oh, this is so crucial to know. That's wild. Do you know what I, I'm you saying? Know what's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's shocking, though, is like when they first started doing this and paying attention to all the online companies out there that, are, that were doing sales, there was like maybe 20 and now, like, how do you keep up with Etsy? Oh how do you keep up with Redbubble? How do you keep up with so you're Costco right. gift cards, Amazon team. online? Yeah, yeah, and PayPal and all this. Like, I mean, there's a uh, new I mean, eBay, there's... new eBay glitch. This is a, from last week. Like, so people who sell and make a living on these websites like rely on this site to make sure they are getting the information. If there's a glitch, if there's like a holiday delay that they weren't aware about, they really must have at least like one person at each company like major company so i wonder if they have like a team or some page on here i don't know but it's pretty wild because uh it looks so old school um but it it's it does what it says it does says does what it says on the tin you know like they are helping the people who are merchants on these sites and need guidance and wow and they also have all of the just scrolling down they have the full archives. You can see everything from at least 2012. Wow, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking cool. Wow. Sorry, yes. I didn't mean to interrupt you. This is no, just crazy. no. And so to think, like they've been doing this for almost 20 years in 2019. So that's only like half up to 2012. That means like they'd been doing it for yeah. about 10 years earlier than that. So in any case, uh, everything has been going great for them, right? They're building this 
they're they're relied on by these big wigs they're 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 an important part of this whole machine they've got going online until august 8th 2019 that morning Ina and David woke up to some strange emails in their inbox. They had unknowingly been signed up for hundreds of newsletters that they had never even heard of. Hmm. Some of these included the Satanic Temple, Irritable Bowel Syndrome News. Oh, wait, no, that's just mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am actually. <laughs> that on is that as both. Well. The, they're definitely both in your email, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. And also, I'm mad at whoever thought that would be like a funny joke because I'm like, you know, what? fuck <laughs> off. Don't make fun of people with IBD and IBS. I do like your joke though. That was. Thank you. Um, Sin City Fetish Night, the Communist Party, and dozens of others. So apparently, somebody had signed them up for all these newsletters overnight. Okay. And like, there is a form of harassment where people will sign businesses public emails up to newsletters as like just a form of like blasting them spamming them and so uh, you know at the end of the day i think i would have taken this the same way i would have been like ugh, somebody's just like spamming us putting Mm -hmm. our email in um because our email is obviously like easily accessible so a few changes in email settings they were able to filter that to spam and they thought well that's the end of that Unfortunately, it was not because these emails were only the beginning of a massive, terrifying terror campaign against the Steiner family. Oh, no. Okay. So the next thing that happened after these emails was they started getting outright threats on Twitter. Anonymous accounts were sending them tweets like, shut up or else. Uh, Many of the messages were more detailed. And I watched a 60 Minutes uh episode on this and they couldn't put in kind of the more upsetting and graphic stuff but there were definitely a lot of swear words and descriptions of violence against Ina and David um Mm. the account was called top seller 13 and uh I used (laughs) because I because I'm me I used the wayback (laughs) machine because I was like well I gotta find this account right obviously it's no longer in existence I used the wayback machine and I I found a few results um basically they were uh campaigning against them and trying to like rally people against e-commerce bites saying that e-commerce bites Ina and David were hurting small businesses by pushing people to Amazon and one of the tweets said guess I have to pay them a visit like (gasps) just outright threat uh and then anytime somebody anybody critiqued eBay they'd respond watch your mouth or like (gasps) I'll come after you like bizarro threats and now david and ina are like totally reeling they're like wait whoa this has been like kind of a mom and pop thing for two decades and like what happened um three days later they received a voicemail about an order that had arrived at their home and the voicemail said they couldn't fulfill the order because it was uh for a wet specimen ew david called back and asked what a wet specimen even is yeah it was a pig fetus. <gasps> oh, my God. Someone had tried to have a pig fetus delivered to their home. How do you even send that in the mail? 
Great question. Apparently you can't because it's a wet specimen. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. No, but apparently somebody tried. Um, and Ina at this point said her heart sank because this meant someone knew their home address. You yeah. Know, that, for that's sure. when it starts to feel like it's not just cyberbullying or cyberstalking. Like this is real. So that's when she also obviously put everything together and realized the emails and tweets weren't just like some random troll. Someone was actually going out of their way to try and get them. And it must have been somebody who was pissed with whatever Ina was writing on the website. Mm -hmm. The Steiners were desperate for answers, but they couldn't imagine who would go to such great lengths to harass them. So they decided to, this is the first time that they involved the police at this point. They wanted to be taken seriously and they knew they might not be. So the officer arrived and took the report and I want to say luckily slash unluckily, a package had been delivered as the police officer was there taking their report. So. Okay. He was, he was like, you open that and I'll wait right here so I can yeah, see. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, like, of all times you want somebody there, a third party, like, it's it's to witness whatever's about to happen. She opens the box. At first, all she can see is flesh and hair. Okay. She shrieks. Turns out that? it's a pig mask. Which is okay. interesting because you brought up a pig mask earlier. Uh, this is specifically the pig mask from the movie Saw, uh, which oh. the villain wears as he tortures his victims to death. Mm-hmm. Um, and guess where else they had seen that mask? Well, it happened to be the profile picture of none other than Top Seller 13. Oh, fuck. So, ding, ding, ding. They are sure now that this is who is harassing them. Things only escalated. Their neighbors started getting pornography mailed to their address, but had David Steiner's name on them. So Ugh, it like to looked, make it look bad. Yeah, to make it look like it got sent to the wrong address, but he was ordering like teen porn and all this like, you know, fucked up stuff. Um, the mail harassment continued. They received boxes of live cockroaches, live <gasps> spiders. Oh my god! Yeah. Someone even anonymously posted the Steiner's home address all over social media and on Craigslist, advertising events at their home like yard sales and sex parties to the public. Oh, my God. I mean, this is just like. This is very um, the bad version of what Anonymous did. (laughs) Yes, it is a similar concept. Like somebody is. I mean, there's people out there who do like that. Remember, like swatting? Did you ever hear about that? Oh, God. Yes. That's yes. so scary. It's That's so, so scary. Up. It's so fucked up. And and so it's already like really, really scary. But it gets even scarier because a few days later, uh, a package arrived addressed specifically to David, not Ina this time. And it was a book. The book was called Grief Diaries, Surviving Loss of a Spouse. Yeah. Oh, my God. And a few days after that, an expensive and elaborate funeral wreath arrived on their doorstep. Oh, my God. Basically, this was an elaborate, blatant death threat against Ina, who was the author of all of these blog posts. So in that 60 Minutes special, David told reporter Sharon Alfonsi, I was terrified I was going to lose her. And this is actually the part where he gets the most emotional because it obviously was like so jarring. 
So the Steiners became so afraid that they actually started sleeping in separate rooms at night, like hoping if somebody broke in, at least one of them would be in a different spot to like trip oh, up. To like intruder. save each other. Yeah. And like oh call 911. Um, over the weeks, a rental van with New York plates cased their house and they saw it pass by several times in one day, had no idea who it was. They installed security cameras. But they didn't have a full alarm system installed yet, so they put a cart with baking trays on it in front of the door, so that, mm. which is like such a Christine move at a hotel, like so I'll hear <laughs> it if somebody's trying to break in. And then one night at four thirty a.m., worst oh time for anything to happen, a man showed up at the Steiner's house, and poor David was already awake because he was too stressed to sleep, so he saw this man approaching the door, and terrified. He they screamed at him and called the police, but unfortunately, um, it turned out to be a pizza delivery driver. But somebody had ordered pizza to their house in the middle of the night just to fuck with them. So it was these Ugh. same people, but they were like, "Oh, what? You don't want a little pizza at four thirty in the morning?" Like they're Ugh. just outright harassing these people. Then David began to notice he was being followed around town once by a van and then later by a car. And he actually managed to get a photo of one of the license plates. Go, David. And that is when authorities could finally make a break in this case. Thank God. I know. I know. Because I feel like... Christine, you're stressing me the fuck out. I know. These never end well. I'm so sweaty. These never end well. They always get... But but we got it. We got it. We've got a break. Detective John Haswell took the lead on the case, and he ran the license plate through the system, finding out it was a car rental. So he contacted the rental car place and found out that it had been rented by someone named Veronica Zay, and uh, she had rented that vehicle during the time period that David was being followed. So Detective Haswell hadn't actually spoken to the Steiners directly yet. He had only heard the reports. So he called them and he said, hey, do you know anyone by this name, Veronica? And they said, no, we've never heard of this person before. Um, But before the police could even like run any check on who this person was, Ina just Googled the name and found out, oh, that's weird. Veronica Zay is an executive at at eBay. (gasps) What? That's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Okay. She said, I cannot describe how flabbergasted we were. Was it eBay did, that did this to, the, to us? I mean, it was inconceivable. So a sergeant on the case tracked the rental car to the Ritz-Carlton Hotel where Veronica was staying in Boston. And he called her from the lobby and he said, I fully expected her to come down, hand me a business card and say, I'm from eBay. We're doing an investigation on all this. So we drove past the house. But Veronica told the sergeant she had a conference call and would have to wait. She never came down. And eventually he had to leave. And Veronica then peaced out of town before ever talking to the police. Mm -hmm. So red flag. Meanwhile, Detective Haswell discovered that the funeral wreath had actually been purchased with a gift card at a grocery store only eight miles from eBay headquarters in Silicon Valley. Mm. Security photos showed Veronica purchasing the gift card, so Detective Haswell turned the case over to the FBI. Now, this investigation lasted 10 months, and then the U.S. attorney in Massachusetts 
made an announcement. Uh, he had a, held a press conference announcing that they were indicting six eBay employees and a contractor in a conspiracy to commit cyber stalking case, as well as conspiracy to tamper with witnesses. So there was seven of them? Yes. <gasps> Why? Why did they hate them so much? Also, so wait, for those 10 months of investigation, there was still 10 months of further bullying, right? You know, I, I don't know. It seemed almost like when they started to kind of put the pieces together that maybe they drew back. Yeah. Okay. I'm not, I'm not totally positive. That's a great question, though. The U.S. attorney said at a press conference, the complaint alleges that the victims were targeted because eBay executives were unhappy with the coverage of eBay on the couple's website. In 2019, eBay's then CEO, so this is where the gargoyles come out because you're going to need to track these people. There are a lot of white dudes with boring names. Okay. Okay. So eBay's then CEO, Devin Wenig, sent his colleagues a link to an article that Ina had written about his paycheck. She wrote that he made more than 152 times the salary of a typical eBay employee. First so, of all, good fucking for her. Yeah, she's basically calling out. She's whistleblowing. Yes, and it's like not even like a secret, you know? She's just fucking pointing at it and saying, "Yeah, hey, just FYI. And by the way, before you go any further, leave it to... This fucking privileged man who, like, instead of doing something about being called out, he is just going to go send you death threats for the rest of your life? Are you fucking Uh, kidding me? Literally, yes. So you're exactly onto it because he sent this article, right, to a group of high-powered executives at eBay, one of whom was called Steve Weimer. So there's Wenig, who's the CEO, and Weimer, who is the CCO, the chief communications officer. And Steiner. (laughs) (laughs) There probably will be a Steiner eventually. Wait, is there a Steiner? Isn't Ida and her husband, aren't they Steiners? Oh my God, they're literally the Steiners. Sorry, you're 100% (laughs) right. I thought you meant like in this eBay CEO. You're right. The Steiners, it's very confusing. Um, So there's a Weimer, a Steiner. (laughs) The Steiners are the good guys. So Steve Weimer, who is the uh, CCO of eBay, replied in this chat, we are going to crush this lady. (gasps) What a fucking sick man. And by the way, this is just a reminder to everybody that like people, this uh, people with um, like heavy narcissism or like, like issues like that they are known to like end up in ceo roles and like yep. ma- like high managerial roles so of course their his first thought is i'll destroy them versus yep, for saying the truth out loud for saying the truth that hurt your little ego for a second yes precisely and made you look a little bit bad you know mm-hmm. so ceo so steve weimer responds we're going to crush this lady ceo devin wenig who had originally sent this article to the group wrote Take her down. <gasps> oh, gross. I just Are can't stand this. Are you kidding me? It's crazy. So on August 1st, 2019, Ina wrote a post about a lawsuit eBay had filed against Amazon. And although it was just a couple paragraphs and contained like only a light note of skepticism about how uh, CEO Devin Wenig was handling this 
merger, this acquisition or this lawsuit, I'm sorry, even though there was just like a, a, a light note of skepticism, um, the CEO was irate. And 33 minutes after the e-commerce bites article went up, he texted Mr. Weimer again, the CCO. He said, if you are ever going to take her down, now is the time. <gasps> and Mr. Weimer responded, on it. Ew. He then texted another eBay executive named James Baugh and texted him the following. Hatred is a sin. I am very sinful. Barf. Wow. Know, you, right? know he, you know he fucking thought about that the night before and he went to bed thinking about it like this is going to fucking kill tomorrow. I know. And I, by the way, these bullets that I have here are specifically pulled from the New York Times article that went into really great depth about this story. And um, it, it says, hatred is a sin, wrote Mr. Weimer, the son and grandson of Baptist pastors. Quote, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am very sinful. So I, I love, love whoever that wrote this. Little sprinkle in there, yeah. So the, Mr. The, Boss signaled that he was ready to escalate the situation. And he responded, Amen. I want her done. She is a biased troll who needs to get burned down. Said the lover of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Said God's own little lamb. <laughs> <laughs> So Mr. Wenig uh, was going to, to Italy on sabbatical, I guess, as CEOs do, um, for, for the month of August. So e-commerce bites, he said, needed to be taken care of before he returned from his sabbatical. Mm -hmm. So basically, they took it under, they took this plan and decided to plot it out very, very specifically. So... This harassment campaign began, of course, with a movie. Mr. Boss showed clips from a 1988 teen comedy called Johnny Be Good, in which, and this is a direct quote from the New York Times, in which a villainous football coach must deal with a host of pests arriving at his house simultaneously. A delivery guy with hundreds of dollars of unwanted pizza, singing and dancing Hare Krishnas and their elephant, a rodent exterminator, a male stripper... Mr. Baugh asked the analysts for inspiration. One of them suggested sending the Steiners a coffin. So oh my God. This is basically where they roped in a group uh, of contractors and other people high up at the eBay team to say, we need to get some details down and we need to get this rolling stat. So it just sounds like the entire executive board of eBay was just... In a fun little just like game fucking together. chilling with it. They were finally bonding. You know, none of those icebreakers worked. So but they this were like, was team building for this sure. This team built built. This them. is so sick. And also like sadly, like think of the mailman who kept bringing this stuff to them. Oh, it was like yeah. first it was a pig fetus and oh. now it's a coffin and like like oh my god, like and or like whatever a funeral it was. wreath and yeah. oh, spiders. I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what if one of those got out? Oh, my God. And, like, because they're, like, in charge of eBay, I guess I could get whatever they wanted from eBay, right? So. Exactly. Well, oh, great point. So the security chief of eBay made it clear that eBay's leadership supported taking action, and they forwarded a message by Mr. Weimer in which he declared that Miss Steiner and this other Twitter user named Fido Master who I also looked up on the Wayback Machine and was like this really small time just guy who had some complaints about eBay and just tweeted about them. 
And I guess he was, even though he's like this kind of small fry like Twitter user, he also got targeted. And so basically Mr. Weimer declared that uh, e-commerce bites and Phytomaster have seemingly dedicated their lives to erroneously trashing us. I genuinely believe these people are acting out of malice and anything we can do to solve it must be explored. Whatever, period, it, period, takes. Jesus. God, give a bunch of narcissistic men uh, an executive board and see what they do. And then see what they do once they get berated slightly by one random measly Twitter user. Yeah, well. And they just, all all hell breaks us. Yeah, well, then we are in 2023 because that's kind of how all... Yep. Yep. <laughs> All boards work. <laughs> um, according to prosecutors, this is again from the New York Times, Mr. Baugh and members of the security team devised a convoluted strategy to secretly harass the Steiners and then offer eBay's assistance in stopping the attacks. So oh, to bribe them of like, only if you say nice things about me. Is that what's No, happening? sort of like, oh my gosh, you're being attacked. We'll help you. And then win the Steiners' confidence and manipulate them into writing nice things about eBay now that they've saved them from the villain. So they called (sighs) it the White Knight strategy. Uh, And foul. Their idea was like, let's harass the shit out of them and then rescue them so that they love us. It's crazy. So. (sighs) Wow. It's it's wild. Uh, One of the tweets that uh, so there were a group of Twitter users who, again, are all deleted, but um, thank God for uh, reporters who've reported on this and the Wayback Machine. One of the tweets said, I guess I'm going to have to get your attention another way, bitch. Ooh. And like the, so they were just getting really crazy, aggressive, misspelled. Um, and then speaking of that exact same Twitter user, remember when that pig mask arrived that was like mm-hmm. from Saw? So immediately after that pig mask arrived they received a tweet and it said, do I have your attention now? (gasps) What? Yes. Very, very disturbing. And you can also see what they were trying to frame it as. So that same user wrote, when you hurt our business, and this is all spelled wrong. When you hurt our business, you hurt our families. People will do anything to protect family so they're trying to pretend like they're these small-time ebay users who are so deeply offended because and stupid because they can't spell and by the stupid way. right isn't that so fucking embarrassing that they're pretending to be like the everyday person because they can't spell yeah it's embarrassing and meanwhile mr weimer the fucking cco on his personal twitter account he was tweeting fred rogers quotes left and right barf he said a movie that movie that also made me cry about mr rogers that i watched on the plane made him cry and he once retweeted mr rogers line if there's anything that bothers me it's one person demeaning another but inside ebay he was fucking goading all of this on he was like ringleading this shit in fact he texted mr baugh on august 11th i want to see ashes oh yep God, Mr. Rogers would not like that. No. And then Mr. Baugh shared the message with his deputy, David Harville, adding, I've been ordered to find and destroy. Okay, like you're a transformer. Shut Seriously? the fuck up. 
are they just like, oh, wow, the most exciting thing that's ever happened? I guess they I'll... really they turned this into like an adventure side quest of yes. like where. And then but at the delusional. end, they get to look like heroes. So exactly because they get to save the day. It's delusional. So Jim set up a meeting with his security staff in California at eBay's headquarters where he put a map of Natick, Massachusetts on the wall, like mm-hmm. Criminal Minds-esque, and they hatched a plan on how to enact this terror campaign. Then they flew out this whole security team to Boston to start this, this war on the Steiners. Mm-hmm. In the investigation and confessions, more shocking activities came to light. Apparently, two of these employees of eBay had attempted to put a GPS tracker on the Steiner's car, but fortunately, their garage was locked at the time, so they weren't able to get in. Um, Ultimately, seven people on the security team at eBay pled guilty to stalking and harassing Ina and David Steiner, including a former police captain and a former (gasps) nanny. Wow. It was just like an array of people that worked on this this same office and they all got corralled into it and they all said, okay. <laughs> How do you just, even corral that many people? I can understand like, hey, we're doing like an office prank. Haha. But like not right. send a coffin. Like what? But, hey, no, you know no, those no. older people who write that little blog in Natick, Massachusetts? Let's fly out there and fucking send them a dead pig fetus. What? They hurt my feelings one time. So now I have to hurt their feelings it's for the rest of time. Crazy. Good thing I make a hundred million bajillion more dollars than you so I can afford to fly everybody out there. Yeah, the irony of like him this guy being all like butthurt because someone yep. said he's a multimillionaire. Like what and and like now he's gonna use that multimillionaire money to destroy them. To destroy this mom and pop business. Yeah, it's great. So the U.S. attorney said what was unique about this case is that you had relatively senior management at a Fortune 500 company who thought it was a good idea to launch what can only be described as a campaign of terror targeting a middle-aged couple in Natick, Massachusetts. Like, it sounds batshit crazy. Like What a stupid side hustle. Like, what an insane hobby to develop. How is this not like a Law and Order episode where it you go, there's like no it. way this is real. So Jim Baugh was sentenced to five years in prison and Veronica was sentenced to a year of home confinement and probation. Former director of Global Resiliency, David Harville, was sentenced to two years in prison. Philip Cook, former senior manager of security operations for eBay's global security team, was also sentenced to 18 months in prison for his involvement, followed by 12 months of house arrest and three years of supervised release. Stephanie Pop, former senior manager of global intelligence, was sentenced to two years in prison. Stephanie Stockwell, former manager of eBay's global intelligence center, was sentenced to two years probation. eBay ap- just- oh, sorry, I keep going. Sorry eBay apologized to the Steiners and said after an internal investigation, they had to let go all guilty employees. Yeah, no shit. The yeah, company. Right. Oh, poor, poor them. Oh, I'm so sorry. We had to, we had to let them go. Uh, the company said it had no knowledge that the harassment had been happening and that it disapproved of the employees' actions. Um, but again, like who's disapproving if the CEO and the executives were the ringleaders of this whole operation? You know, it's like, we disapproved who? And also, like, this is where I want to say again, like, talk about 
privilege and uh, like wealth or class privilege of like they all some of them just got probation for that because they could afford the lawyers to get them out of this but that's like the harassing that they did was so gross i can't the fact i'm very i just wish they could have um it gets worse uh in the end ebay's former ceo devin wenig got away with zero consequences there it is Although eBay says the stalking scandal was a consideration in his resignation, he was still allowed to resign in 2019 with a $57 million exit package. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that sounds exactly like America for me. That's yep. A- that sounds 0% right. shocking. People were at a loss. The Steiners obviously filed a civil case against eBay and the former executives. And Jim's Jim Baugh's attorney released a memo which said, yes, Mr. Baugh is the most senior eBay employee the government chose to prosecute and bears an extra measure of responsibility for his supervisory role. But stopping there ignores the broader reality of what happened. Mr. Baugh faced intense, relentless pressure from multiple executives who have evaded Aww. criminal responsibility, including the CEO, Devin Wenick, to do something, anything about the threat. According to one of the attorneys that represented the Steiners in their civil case, uh, Steve Weimer, the CCO, the communications officer, uh, he's the one who wrote, I want to see ashes, that mm-hmm. guy. He escaped charges as well because he destroyed evidence of his involvement. Um, allegedly, a message went out in the company that a criminal investigation had started into eBay's operations and employees were to preserve all evidence, including emails and text messages. So naturally, he wiped everything. And really, the only thing we had left was, I want to see ashes. Uh, and it just wasn't enough to prosecute uh in court and so he got away with it and not only that he now runs the boys and girls club of silicon valley so good for him wow say it with me kel surprise kel fucking praise he is he is with america's young and brightest stars you know teaching them the ways of late stage capitalism you know Um, all, all the ways all the ones that just didn't have to they had zero consequences you know they went to the bar that night and not just bragged, but like probably complained at I was the about inconvenience say, at all. I was about to say complained. I'm like, sure have they bitched no I- about it. They have no idea, no awareness of how like, like lucky arrest? and privileged they even are. To I'm supposed have- to go on sabbatical to Italy next week. <laughs> um, vomit. Vomit. Uh, he, of course, claims his texts were mischaracterized. Um, okay. Rosemary said, that's obstruction of justice. That's the attorney. If I did that, I'd be sitting in a jail cell somewhere right now. Yeah. He did it and no no luck. As for the remaining messages Steve sent, like, I want to see ashes. Uh, You know, authorities say it's just not enough to prosecute because, as the U.S. attorney said, like, sometimes people talk in these kind of hyperbolic ways. So unless he said something very specific that we can pin on him, like, it's just not going to go anywhere and it's not worth the time. Mm. Um, So, you know, understandably, they were frustrated, but it's almost like their hands are tied on that one. So this civil suit that the Steiners uh, filed is still ongoing and they can't understand really why they were targeted in the first place. Um, Ina's whole goal was like to help eBay's customers engage with the site and sell more. Um, And she thinks that should be a good thing for the company. 
and like that they would want to be on her side, you know? Right. And she told the Boston Globe, the reason we're suing is we don't want it to happen to anybody else. It has to be oh. known what was done to us. Yeah. And, you know, there was uh, there was this other guy that also got roped into this. That was that Fido Master guy I mentioned um, mm-hmm. who complained because his wife sold uh, on, I don't know if it was Pez dispensers, but sold on eBay. So occasionally he would tweet like, you know, how unfair some of the rules were against sellers. And so the fucking global security team, if they found out, they had a whole folder on this guy. He's just like some random Twitter user. Mm. And they have like a whole folder because he's just tweeting like this is an unfair rule. It's that's so it's fucked up, creepy and crazy. Oh, mm. oh, this is the best. Mr. Baugh also was convinced at one point, and this is from the New York Times, that there was a sinister conspiracy relationship between the Steiners and Fido Master. In reality, these were two separate entities, had nothing to do with each other. Like, what are the odds that two people were both critiquing eBay at the same time? <laughs> I was going to say, know? believe it or not, two people just might not like you. Like, not exactly. Shocker. Exactly. Shocker, exactly. I know. And so they believed they were actively conspiring to damage eBay. And he even indulged a theory that Fido Master was the Steiner's secret alter ego. And so this is how he tested it, Okay. Eight days after the take her down message from Mr. Wenig, a member of the security team flew across the country and drove to the Steiner's home on a quiet street and on their fence scrawled or spray painted the word Fido Master. Like, what? What? And it was just, the New York Times called it both ridiculous and threatening. <laughs> like, it's I, like, what? It- I feel like these people are in today. In today's world, four years later, they're in QAnon. I just have a hunch. Oh, my God. You're probably 100% right. Like, these conspiracies are make less sense than some of the QAnon ones you've told me. Like, this I, is insane. The on, only people in QAnon in today's world, I think, would come up with that master fucking plan of spray paint Fido Master on a fence. And that'll do it. Do yeah, what? What? Nobody thought that far ahead. What? <laughs> And nobody really ever found out who Fido Master actually was. Um, it was not the Steiners. Uh, so for what it's worth, we know that much. So according to the New York Times in mid-2019, Fido Master actually received an unsolicited message on Twitter uh, from a user calling herself Marissa and appearing to be about 25. She claimed to be a former eBay employee who possessed extremely damaging videos of executives misbehaving and she wanted Phytomaster to pass them along to the Steiners. Now she was trying to get him to say, oh, okay, I am the Steiners. You know, <laughs> like she, he, she was trying to get him to admit, but instead wow. what he said was, <laughs> or that he knew them. Like, either I am the Steiners or like, yeah, I'm meeting with them every Thursday at our fire ritual in the basement where we have skulls and we taunt eBay. Like, I don't know what they were hoping, but they were like hoping that he would admit some like nefarious scheme with the Steiners. But instead he said, oh, it, I'm pretty sure her website's on her email address. So you can just use that. Oh, And they okay. were like, well, okay. And Marissa said, hey, I have a better idea. Why don't I leave the videos on a thumb drive at a hotel in the city of your choice to try and draw him there to like see if it was the Steiners or like get his identity. And his response was, why don't you get a lawyer? Truly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that Great is line. the story. That is the story of the eBay stocking scandal that apparently none of us knew about. That's wow. It's well done, Christine. A couple years ago, I'm like, what the f is going on here? I can't believe. I truly, it's so hard to wrap my head around that it was only a few years ago because that feels like something that should have happened in like well, we were recording the podcast. It is, and I feel like it's something that would have. I mean, maybe we were tagged, and I just didn't have the time to like look into it. But wow, crazy, That's wild. That's wild. Oh. Wow. Well done, Christine. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you. And well done, Molly Ann, for finding this on TikTok and, uh, you know, bringing it to my attention and uh, letting Which me Which is go. wild because if, if it was created by TikTok, there was probably it was probably a Gen Zer who knew. But we didn't know how that happen. They were definitely clips of the 60 Minutes special. Is oh, what, OK. Is what the TikTok was. So I don't know who I don't know how that works. I don't know how people go about that but um it was kind of like an abridged version and i was like Mm. i must know more and so molly and helped so much with the notes and then i got to do my like way back machine deep dive and finally use my new york times (laughs) subscription very excited uh, for you to get some more deets but yeah that was a wild one i mean to mail someone a box of spiders and find out it's the ceo of ebay is just Uh, like how batshit crazy it like makes no sense. <sighs> anyway, wow, that was a juicy one. That was that one kept me on my seat from I beginning to end. I was excited to tell you that one. You know, there there no murders in this one, so that's. I nice. love when there's no murders. I love when it's a bunch of privileged pieces of shit. I love when yeah, yep, yep, yep. I yep. love when they wait. They win at the end. Well, they don't totally win because no one really got the justice that they needed to be serving. But, uh. I like that everyone was safe and fine. And it was topical because I sure love um, online shopping. So It was topical because M likes eBay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like online shopping. It doesn't matter where it's from. But now, now that I've got their their website, the e-commerce, I'm going to absolutely look through that and just see like what it's all about. That's so fun. When I saw the... Uh... The picture of the guy who now, Weimer, who now is the head of the Boys and Girls Club. of, I was like, Chills. are you fucking kidding with me? Like, this is the most cliche succession style bullshit. Like, it, it's just sad. It's just sad. It's incredibly sad. Like, and that's I, like- the guy who's going to be teaching America's future mm-hmm. about ethics and... I mean, and you know some parents are probably stoked about it because he's like he's a real tough <laughs> he's one successful. Real, he's I mean, been through so much though you know don't get him wrong don't get that twisted he uh he made quite a bit of money so whatever mm-hmm. that's worth anyway boy well so thank you for bearing with me uh only one potty break so you know what i hope everyone had fun me too um that's it (laughs) that's it if you have suggestions we never say this but if you have suggestions for stories um on our website and that's why we drink.com you can submit your story ideas um and we kind of gather those and over time um you know go through and and pick ones that strike a fancy so if you see anything on tiktok that's like what the f um let us know we would love to know about it um you can either tag us in it uh or send it to us or just email in um but we'd love to hear what you guys want to hear as well thank you everyone and if you um i don't know if you have made it this far thank you because it's a very long episode and we'll we'll see it next week with 
probably just as long of an episode because we can't keep Yay, it together. We never and stop talking. That's why we drink. Drink. That was beautiful. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.